news for a Waffle Butt Media podcast. What is up, Schweg Nation, the Schweg Castinators, Schweganites? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Schweg Cast today, episode 21. This episode is now old enough to drink, and so that's great. The show is going to crack open a cold one with the boys. I hope you all liked that eclipse the other day. That was pretty phenomenal on my end, and I was like super pumped to see it, and it was just a spectacular thing to witness. Just, you know, witness something really cool on the earth. And so, if you're new to this show, thank you so much for listening. I hope I can please you as much as I humanly can with this episode. If you could, go and rate this podcast with whatever star amount it deserves. I want your honest opinion. And also, don't forget to write a review. You can always reach us on Twitter, at the Schwegcast, or me personally, at Sam Schwegler. And don't forget to check out other great shows such on Wafflebutt Media, such as Brews and the Boys, a Dallas Cowboys podcast, featuring Michael Sizemore, and America the Podcast, a podcast that will help you stay woke, featuring the bastard. Today on the show, I got my pal Jonathan Langston onto a microphone, you know, just to talk. Me and Jonathan, we went to school together, college to be more specifically, at the University of Central Missouri, and we both study music together. So we catch up and reminisce on our old days at UCM and the crazy and hilarious stories that happened. And, you know, a certain person in general gets mentioned a lot. We also discuss an article we talked about about the decline of the electric guitar or guitar in general. And it's a fascinating conversation. It's a great person to have this conversation with. And so that's something you're really wanting to not touch the dial for. Also, mid-episode, we'll be listening to a song that I've been working on with Cooper called Behind These Eyes. It's really cool, and I definitely think it's going to get somewhere in your Netflix life, so I want you to be the first people to hear at least a little bit of it, so you're going to stay tuned for that as well mid-episode. And all right, so we're here with our new segment, Get Woke with Micah. So, Oh, my my gosh. (laughs) So, all right, so Micah... Let's let's talk because so recently we're talking about Charlottesville. I wanted to talk about that because we do need to get woke on the Schwedcast as one of our purposes is to get woke. So I mean, obviously for whoever is listening, if you haven't don't know what went down in Charlottesville, read a book. The that's the that's the first thing we need to tell you. But, I don't think the book's come out yet. <laughs> but anyway. The title the title probably be called, you know, The Rise of the Third Reich in America. <laughs> oh, that is that is the uh that is perfect. Yep. Okay. And so I do want to ask you a few questions a little bit more uh on the political side of things. So the first question I want to ask you because what I've been hearing a lot of is comparing the Black Lives Matter movement to the KKK. And so what is the difference, the true difference in that? Yeah, I think if you were to look at them as monoliths, right, as, as groups of people who are propound, or propounding different arguments, essentially – So you can't just break it down to just the KKK in relation to Charlottesville. So you had different factions. You had people who were there as white nationalists that would say that they are just all right here to be Trump supporters, here to be, you know, just to take back America, right? And you had people who were, yeah, more ardently describing themselves as like KKK or white supremacists, 
and then you had people who were neo-Nazis. So mm. again, white supremacists. We would, as a swath, probably just categorize them all as white supremacists. Each group talking about – basically the biggest difference from what we can say about these two distinct groups is one is feeling a loss of power and control. And that's what white nationalists are feeling. It's not that they're actually being persecuted. It's not that they're actually suffering um, discrimination or indignation. It's a fear of a loss of change. They, they're literally, when it comes to blood rights, so like the, the chance that they were giving blood and soil, it's this idea, this calling back to what it means to be apparently a quote, a true American, which is white, which obviously is completely <laughs> false when you think about First Nations people and Native Americans. But that's neither here nor there. But, you know, and then obviously some severe anti-Semitism, you know, being angry about Jews controlling the media or like the, the theories or the, the kind of false narratives that they're trying to spread about, yeah, basically trying to restore white nationalism. So you have this one group that's trying to lift up their own and, 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 and as a consequence is then having to drive out or to institute policies that discriminate and harm another group. Black Lives Matter is basically like, we just want to be recognized as everyone else. It's not that only Black Lives Matter. So that's what the whole thing with like all lives matter, people are trying to say like, oh, well, everyone, like the whole Black Lives Matter movement is Black Lives Matter too. That's the whole point. It's trying to give an argument that a, a group of people, you know, and so, and, you know, and people can go further into like, you know, anti-fascism and, oh, they're just as violent and so on and so forth. The reality is, is it's false. We saw people killed in Charlottesville and wounded. And the reality is, is, you know, we get, and you just think about the distinct differences in how even police patrol these different groups. When you had white nationalists do it, you had police standing there just like, okay, we're going to just do our job and whatnot. And then when you have Black Lives Matter or people protesting, you have them showing up with horses, you have them showing up with tanks, tear gas. It becomes a drastic difference between how these people are treated and portrayed. And so when we talk about freedom of speech, we can look at Black Lives Matter and we can look at those groups and we can see that that same right is not extended to them. They're not granted the same right of freedom of speech. It's always they're the violent, you know, so-and-so, oh, well, they had a permit. These people in Charlottesville had a permit. The reality is who gave them that permit when they knew that this hate speech when they knew that their goal was – I mean they came to be more prepared to be violent. They had shields. They had bulletproof armor or vests. They had – they were organized beyond organized. And so that's the scary thing about this kind of white nationalism movement is they do know how to organize. So I, I hope that answers your question. You're asking people who are trying to make arguments about trying to parallel – It's it's – it's not the same parallel between Black Lives Matter and with these white nationalists and KKK, especially with the history, right? When you had Jim Crow laws and you had you know decades of white supremacists literally to make sure that they institute power, what were they doing? They were lynching black people. They were literally killing people as a way to maintain white hegemony. 
And so when you have Black Lives Matter who are just rising up and saying, hey, we're just done being killed in the streets by police. We're just fed up with this. Mm-hmm. We want to be treated like everyone else. That it, it's, it's not the same level of, of playing field. And I couldn't have said it better myself. You answered my question and more. Like a true, like a true woke answer that really woke me up. Well, and so last night we were, I went to a showing up for racial justice, Kansas city uh, meeting. So surge Casey is a a local chapter of a national kind of organization that's trying to basically organize and prepare white people to disrupt racism and dismantle system oppression. And, we talked about Charlottesville briefly because essentially they talked about that racism, if we were to define it and house it in a conversation, racism is prejudice, racial prejudice plus power. So if we can, if we can look at this definition that true racism is being able to, you know, everyone can have a racial prejudice. Any race of people can have a racial prejudice, even against white people or whatever. But the question is, who, what group of people has the mode, the mechanism of power to enforce their rules, to enforce their prejudice onto other groups of people? When you look at this definition, it's really white people that only have true capability to be, quote-unquote, racist. And so when we look at this, you know, it's kind of like the whole thing, there's no such thing as reverse racism because you're looking at systems and modes of power – that white people have this capability to be able to enforce and regulate laws to have housing disinvestment, whatever the scenario may be. And so, but then we broke it down even further and we described that there's really four different forms of racism. And so what we saw in Charlottesville was a, a, a pure malice racism. It is a, a form of bigotry by groups of individuals to be sometimes it can be discreet sometimes it can be overt they were trying to say that they were being discreet oh we were just here to talk about white nationalism listen to our arguments we're just you should appreciate our value as well but at the end of the day i mean you just look at the videos they're they're clearly hating other groups of people to get their message across so that was so we didn't focus on that as much because what we talked about is Really, in Charlottesville, everyone was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this exists. I, I thought we were beyond this. And every person of color was just like, uh-huh. And you thought this was new? Why? You know, it, it was just, you know, this reality that's like, you know, for all these white folks in the suburbs, like, you know, it's, it is time to wake up and realize these people exist, right? But the reality mm-hmm. is, it's more of like, those are the people who get the headlines. Those are the people who we... Honestly, like I, the biggest fear I have coming out of Charlottesville is my friends and family and people who I know are going to think, well, at least I'm not those people. Those are the true racists. But what we have come to understand is that racism plays out or different subtle forms than what we realize. And so I can get into some of those descriptions. Like we have like implicit bias, structural racism, and strategic racism, but. I'm also kind of on a soapbox rant, so I don't I don't know what other questions you have. So, And that full interview will be up on the Schwedcast Facebook page, so you're going to have to go to that to listen to that full interview to its end. I want to stay serious for 
another moment and talk about something that affected me recently. That is drinking and driving. So my bro Curtis was in town a few weeks ago and we went to downtown Nashville out drinking. Yes, that's right. I was hanging out <laughs> with all the tourists. Now, I could have driven down there myself and, you know, pay an incredible like $20 just to park down there. But I decided not to because I didn't want to do that, and I was also drinking. I decided to get a ride there and back from my apartment to downtown Nashville using Lyft. The free Lyft app gets the users the ride they need in minutes for less than the cost of a cab. I had a great driver named Jerome, and he, I mean, he got the honor of driving my drunk ass home. <laughs> Phenomenal. For what I was able to remember of the conversation, he told me that he loves driving for Lyft. And of course, Jerome got a 5-star from me, because 9 out of 10 Lyft drivers get a 5-star rating. By using promo code SWEGCAST, when signing up, you can get a $50 ride credit towards your first few rides using Lyft. That's right, $50 ride credit using Lyft. This episode is also sponsored by DistroKid. DistroKid is the service that gets your music out to multiple online retailers and saves you the hassle. They get your music on all the major platforms, such as iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, and many more. This is great for original music and also covers. DistroKid gets you the license you need for those covers. DistroKid is what I use to distribute my music, and I just renewed my subscription for another year, and I'm even going to be upgrading to a higher tier plan. So I can personally say how great they are and that I love this product. It only costs $20 a year for their basic plan, which I am upgrading from because I love DistroKid so much, and you keep 100% of your earnings. They've also got a new feature called Leave a Legacy, which let, let you keep your music up on the stores even if you have to cancel your membership. What's also coming is the new band pages, which are free to anyone, even non-DistroKid members. You can get a 7% discount off of your first year by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash Schwedcast. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash Schwedcast, and the link will also be in the description. So let's get on with my episode with Jonathan, and stay awesome in the meantime. talk tell the crowd oh um i was <laughs> down in audience yeah yeah i was down at uh, music row just kind of walking around uh going from uh, different venue to mm-hmm. venue ended up at the uh, mellow mushroom mm-hmm. um i thought uh their their lead guitarist really stood out the most to me so, so decided we're to go a, in there we make a craigslist ad yeah for- <laughs> we could we could uh for like a misconnection <laughs> yeah, yeah. we could <laughs> We could. They could sponsor you, too, oh, actually. Oh, that'd be cool. Mellow Mushroom. Uh, sponsor of the Shredcast. Yeah. Brought to you by a Lyft. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, why would you need a... What was it? I just saw the Hard Times art. Because, yeah, we were just laughing at the Hard oh, Times yeah. article. It was... Uh, <laughs> just, How to make money off your podcast. Like, monetize. Just sell all your equipment. Yeah. <laughs> the... My, my goal was, if you do it with music, too, mm-hmm. then it's like a double purchase. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. You could do that's, that. That was my goal. I was like, well, I'm going to need to buy things for music 
and podcasting. <laughs> I need this $700 interface. Yeah. For podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, we did. I mean, we could just start naming off companies, I guess, if, if, if they're going to. Yeah. The very popular, apparently the most popular podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, what is Zoom H4N? We could probably we could get <laughs> you some sponsorships just, with that. I think what was it? We're we're recording on share mics right now. Yeah, we're we are. I believe from XLR cables I found on Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> they'll just ship you a box of SM57s, right? Oh, that'd be perfect. Cause, yeah, you're talking 57. <laughs> yeah, with the uh, presidential pop filter. Yeah, I think Bono uses those, right? I, I thought I saw that in like a guitar. Uh, one of those guitars. Well, I mean, like the 58s catalogs. and 57s are like the mm. same pretty much. I think just yeah. the cage or whatever you call the thing at the end. Oh, yeah. That's the big That's the big difference. And so, but uh, actually someone told me when I was at Blackbird mm. that they made the, uh, the 57 because after the Kennedy assassination, they mm. wanted a mic that for some reason, if they tried to assassinate the president, like the mic would be okay. I had no idea that the Shure SM57s were linked to the Kennedy. Are you pulling my leg right now? Or are you? Well, no, that, they really is, are. Okay, so this is what a guy told me at Blackbird. So yeah. Sean from Blackbird, if you're for some reason listening to this, even though I haven't talked to you in almost a year now. <laughs> he was a funny dude. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what he told me. And so like they were working on like a very strong mic and so the 57. So if you actually look at like pictures of Donald Trump, gross speaking <laughs> like you'll actually see that with the exact 15 dollar pot filter i oh okay spent yeah you know spent seven hundred dollars on the interface but think is a 15 dollar like yeah uh pot filter for a 57 worth it yeah yeah i don't know i uh actually i'm trying to think if i used the 57s when we were down in college i think there's a good chance because i yeah, mean that's like yeah. the best thing to put on a guitar yeah that's right uh 12th fret right is that what they normally do? Oh, are we talking no, no, acoustic no, no, or no. electric? I'm not. Uh, I'm thinking when I was recording acoustic. I well, think the acoustics I use, we, I, tip, I would typically just one large diaphragm. That's what I use. I just okay. one large diaphragm condenser, okay. which we're not using, which I've used on many podcasts. Uh-huh. But, like, it's so uh, sensitive that it picks up way too much. Okay. And so now I just use dynamics on, for those of you wanting to start a podcast but want yeah. the highest audio quality, get a task cam. <laughs> <laughs> And I have to apologize to the listeners. I'm not as much of a gearhead as uh, Sam is. I, I, was, I mean, there's definitely worse gearheads out yeah, there than me. Okay. Where I'm more like, or I'm thinking like a lot of, you get a lot of podcasts like, we need uh, uh, like condensers. I'm like, yeah, let's not use a condenser yeah. on a podcast. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not as super, I, I, I'm kind of, I would say level six gearhead. <laughs> Or like ten is just like oh I need everything good like yeah. the cables are from like Getting seven do- seven dollar Amazon oh yeah except for one of them which I think I can probably tell by just feeling it uh-huh. I what Christmas break I was getting ready to record yeah. episode three of this show yeah and so the first two episodes I recorded and the XLR cable was mm-hmm. bad there's a buzz I was able to get it out so no one noticed it wow so this podcast has always had good audio quality thank yeah. you waves X noise <laughs> yeah <laughs> for, this is. This is the uh, this is the podcast where you're gonna break out and get the sponsorships. <laughs> you know, I'm just yeah. This is gonna be that episode for yeah. the, all the audio sponsorships brought to you by DistroKid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so yeah, I was like, I was like, crap. Yeah. I need to get a new XLR cable, and I yeah. was like, I knew they're like seven bucks on Amazon, but like, yeah. I desperately needed one. 
So I went to the oh. Guitar Center in Kansas City Center, and no, the Independence one. Yeah, so the you know Independence where that one. Is. I do know where that is. So, yeah. but the nice thing is that being from Nashville now, going up to yeah. going up to Immortal Towns Guitar Center. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just like, "Do you need any help with anything?" I know more than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's very true. And especially, um, I notice a lot of times when I go into Guitar Center, I just go straight to the strings. And most of the time, I try to order my strings online. But mm-hmm. but if for my classical, um, I get the. Uh, uh, I believe the Diodario normal tension. Mm-hmm. And so I just head straight for them. I grab them and then they look at me like I'm really weird. Mm-hmm. And they're like, don't you need anything else? And I'm like, no, 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 just this. No. Go ahead, ring me up. When you actually up. like, no. Yeah. The ones here are cool just because everyone here is a musician already. That's so, a good like, point. That, so like Guitar Center in Nashville, like you think yeah. would be like the worst guitar center of all yeah. of them. Yeah. Actually, it's, well, Thompson Land one. The dudes are cool. Uh-huh. They always help me out. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, I'm like, I don't, I have no problem with the Guitar Center in Nashville. That's it's like good. other cities. It's like Kansas City's. Oh, I can't those do Guitar it. Center. Those um, are frustrating. Now that I'm from Nashville, yeah, I'm, I have that superiority. You, you do to yeah. me over. <laughs> but there's like those uh, the smaller guitar, uh-huh. but like the smaller ones. Like here, like even the smaller ones are doing mm. fine. Like oh yeah, obviously they're not going away. But like in like Kansas City, yeah, uh, Columbia Music around Columbia. That's where I got my black jag oh okay yeah for those of you who are listening uh i'm pointing to my jaguar over yeah (laughs) on the wall but uh yeah i got it there and like it was used and they were like this like yeah the guy in my band used this uh he used it for our recording and then he sold it so i'm just like well that's perfect (laughs) wow so like it's like get it used but like barely so it was a good deal but uh, yeah i think like with like the smaller ones i don't want those to go away especially the mom and pop shops Mm -hmm. more boutique kind of stuff which the one in kirksville which like probably no one here knows except for us yeah. Except for a couple, two people who've like listened to the show, who yeah. I've had on the show, Nicole and Shawnee, they actually know uh, of Kirksville. I was like, that's weird that you know this town. Yeah. This small Missouri town. Yeah. Um, You're not too far from where Mark Twain was born. Oh, yeah. Hannibal. Hannibal. Yeah. yeah. I had an ex-girlfriend. Her parents went to Hannibal for their uh, honeymoon. Yeah. I am I, not lying there. That yeah. is a true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And nothing happened on that honeymoon, probably. I probably not. <laughs> and we're not together anymore. And so <laughs> <laughs> she probably doesn't. I don't think she's listening. So yeah, so. yeah, it's, we're not gonna name her name, but I don't think she's listening. Well, with all these sponsorships you're gonna be getting, she might yeah. be listening. Well, the one I'm getting is Gear Supply Company. I want them. Uh-huh. To, I want that string yeah. endorsement. But uh, we'll see what happens there. I'm gonna talk to them. Yeah. Yeah, you were talking about your cables. Um, it made me think. Have you seen? Uh, have you seen the Defiant one? Or is it the? Is that the new Dr. Dre documentary on HBO? I believe the Defiant ones. I believe is what it's called. I don't know. But uh, the, by the fourth episode, so it pretty much goes through like the whole evolution of of Dre and his career. Mm-hmm. And I hope I didn't just hijack your podcast. No, no it's okay. Okay, this is a music podcast. Oh, okay, cool. So, so we can hope, talk about. I, this I hope is, I didn't is, hijack. This is perfectly it. good things to talk uh, about. But it was talking about when he started, uh, like how he had been very, uh, um, he had been avoiding uh, getting sponsorships and stuff like mm-hmm. that, putting his name on something. But then when he started doing beats by Dre, he contacted mm-hmm. uh, the, I believe, the CEO or the owner yeah. of, of Monster. 
and mm-hmm. um, also Monster Cable. Yeah, yeah, Monster okay. Cable. Yeah, and I just thought that was kind of interesting because if I remember right, Doctor Honor, who is one of mm-hmm. our professors yeah. down at college, still always, my professor, still still your professor. Hashtag my professor. <laughs> hashtag not my professor. Not uh, my he professor. always <laughs> he always kind of cracked up at you know the the superiority of of Monster Cable. But if they want to sponsor you, I mean, I, mean yeah, I would take. Let's say Monster well, ten times, and maybe they'll sponsor. Well, here you. here's the thing with uh, cables. Yeah. So I don't know if you you probably know a few things with guitar, mm-hmm. but with cables. It's not necessarily – they're going to give you the same sound. Yeah. It doesn't matter what cable you're using. Yeah. That's why I just bought $7 ones from Amazon. Yeah. But with Monster, one, they do like a lifetime warranty on the sh- on those. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a great that's investment. Right. Two, they, they're very thick. So with cabling, if like you see are the XLR cables I have, these are thin. Mm-hmm. It's the insulation in between it because okay. that's what makes the breakage – of like the connection. And okay. so that's monster cables are just very good insulated yeah. like that. And so that's what makes monster cables good. Yeah, I don't own any, but they're if about they would like 40, to send me 50 some, bucks for like a but yeah. 15, 20 footer, I think. And then, but, but lifetime warranty too. That's so true. Yeah. It's like, if you want to be like me buy, which yeah. I'm getting to a point in my life where I was like, I'd rather buy something that's a little more expensive. Exactly. that's going to last me a lot longer exactly. than a, cheaper thing I have to keep replacing. Mm-hmm. Except XLR cables. I haven't moved. <laughs> yeah, you haven't moved away <laughs> from that That's yet. apparently the one thing I won't budge. Yeah. But, yeah, that's pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much monster cables. And so, yeah, once, I didn't really know too much about that until yeah. taking, uh, what is it, intro to, like, sound reinforcement? No, it wasn't intro. It was sound reinforcement. I should have taken that class. Just, they wanted more music ed majors to take it, and we just didn't have time. <laughs> they, I think, yeah, but pretty much that's what Dr. Honor, I'm pretty much, that was Dr. Honor verbatim. Yeah. Like, exactly what it was. And after that, I'm just like, and then audiophiles, they're they're big, mm-hmm. which I always take it, what audiophiles say with a grain of salt mm-hmm. coming from a guy who's doing audio, because they're more wanting a crisp, good, like, mm-hmm. listening experience. Yeah, they're yeah. not wanting, and so they think, they think cabling will do it. That's, I mean, it doesn't do too much. And that's why you have audiophiles like monster cables are the best, which yeah. like, they're good. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. And if you want to send me some monster, monster yeah, cables, yeah. go right for it. I'm you can like, you'll, I'll never have not too many cables or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but yeah, so like, uh, they're like, Oh no, mo- they make the best quality. And it's like, you're going to get the same connection. It's yeah. not, but, uh, there's some things you want, like if you need a ground lift, yeah. like sometimes because you want to get rid of buzzing or something like that. But yeah. which my monitors had that, and I was just like, oh god, what? Please don't like me because <laughs> I just bought them, and so which I think I still have a warranty on them. But mm. like, thank God for Sweetwater. Shout out to Dan and Hannah Dalton. Yeah, and so. Kirk got me onto Sweetwater two summers ago, and I just mm-hmm. I just ordered a ton off of them and, uh, and Reverb as well. He got me onto Reverb. Reverb's as good. Well. That's where I got the new guitar neck for that. Oh, one. okay. Reverb's good the if maple. you're gonna buy used gear. Yeah, because it's that's definitely right. you're buying from someone else, like a, or right. another store. So you're still helping that like mom and pop. Yeah. So that's what the good thing about Reverb. But like my theory with like buying something new, mm-hmm. I, I'm. Sweetwater, you just need to endorse me. <laughs> you do. I'm because I'm gonna talk great about Sweetwater for a second. That's so, all right. That's our eighth or ninth company I think we've mentioned. So hopefully we can get you some sponsorships. <laughs> this is the sponsorship episode. But with Sweetwater, it's like if you're gonna you're gonna buy a new product. Yeah. So that's the idea. Like you're not gonna buy it used. You're gonna buy it. You need to buy it new. Mm-hmm. And so you think, where should I buy it from? You can buy it from Amazon. Great. But like Sweetwater, you're gonna get great customer support, and then you're gonna you're gonna get a call after you buy it. Like, hey, I got your order. We're shipping it out today. Two day shipping. If just if you buy a big thing. Yeah, and it's like so. Why would you not? And then you get candy, which yeah, is dude. which is the only thing I buy it for. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like if if you're gonna buy something new, mm-hmm. why not buy it from 
Sweetwater, like a music yeah. gear. Yeah, they're. Uh, I've noticed they're completely different. Their their customer service is so good; it's actually annoying <laughs> because oh, they yeah. give you the call and they're like, I, "Like I haven't ordered something in three or four months," and they're like, "Hi, this is Stan. I'm just calling to check up on you. Uh, give me a call back. We just wanted to make sure everything's been satisfactory." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that so is, boy, it's like, it's, it's kind of like that creepy uh, ex girlfriend that you're kind of like, "Okay, yeah, I bought it, or, or you know, th- it was good while it lasted, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> but it's actually pretty impressive." But I like, I, I like, that. I like. I'm just like. I'm like I decided I'm like I'm gonna like at least get like good acquaintance with Dan, yeah. my my Sweetwater guy, yeah, because like I mean like I'm gonna probably keep buying things and so he's and like they keep your same rep too. Yeah, I'm trying to think who my Sweetwater guy is. It's been a bit since mm. I've ordered, but, but uh, the best thing is I ordered. My parents got me in ear monitors for Christmas because mm-hmm. my Christmas presents are just like things I need. My yeah. parents just buy me, yeah, which is just like a sad reality of life. But like. They order from Sweetwater, and so they kept getting calls about it. But, like, for me, because, like, especially if you're going to buy something big like that, you do want, like, a good yeah. – especially if something breaks or whatever. Exactly. Like, you want that. Like, you want Sweetwater. But, like, for my parents, who are not musicians, yeah. <laughs> keep getting calls from Sweetwater. Like, Stop calling us. Like, just, just, we just bought this for our son. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like – that's the downside of Sweetwater. They'll annoy your parents. But yeah. the good thing is they're going to give – and I think the ones I got, I think there was like a short in the cable and they like just replaced it easily. Like yeah. they're they're great with that too. And I like their catalogs too. I, mm-hmm. I, I swear I'm not making this up. The catalogs they send me are about half an inch thick. Yeah. I mean I they're, I, they're crazy. I have one. I have, I have a, oh, there's probably one on my kitchen – my tape – my – living bedroom table yeah, your, your studio <laughs> my your studio apartment it's like the kind of <laughs> it's like a studio it literally is kind of a studio it's a apartment, studio apartment it's a one yeah. bedroom but the bedroom is a studio yeah the bedroom so is a studio literally yeah i like to like think of it as like a secret studio i like, like it. drake and 40 yeah they have like they have like a secret studio but it's like a full notch like but like only their clients get to know what it is yeah and so like which like most studios here like blackbird or RCA or whatever. Those yeah. are like the two big ones I know here. Um, they're like, you can look up the address online and like go to it. But like you go outside and it's not impressive at yeah. all. Like literally like these studios are, studios outside do not look impressive. Yeah. You're going to be surprised. I'm trying to think of the one. There's a, there's a studio up by where I'm staying on the, I believe it's the north side of Nashville okay. by the Econo Lodge. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, gated off and there's it looks like there's a tour bus in there or something, but mm-hmm. I, I can't remember. Is it, is it pretty big? It is. It's like sky something. Um, I, I wish I would have been a little more. Uh, I guess we'll never know. It's like a recording studio in Nashville. Yeah. The best. The best thing uh, when I was at Blackbird, there was this uh, engineer. His name was Nico. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, like uh, he's. I don't know the best way to describe this. He's the stereotypical Italian. <laughs> like I'm trying to say that nicely. I'm not racist or anything. I'm just trying to say like he was very very. Uh, his personality uh-huh. was that, and so uh, I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't mind him. He was okay, but that this is just the personality he is. And so he comes out into the lobby, and he's like, "Have you guys seen a guitar player walking around here?" And I'm like, "Oh, here in Nashville? Let me check." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What did he do? <laughs> he get was, I, get just, out of my studio right now. Well, it wasn't his. Uh, oh, it wasn't his it was, studio. Uh, no, he was just working. There. He was a. Uh, he didn't even. He wasn't even paid by the studio. He was paying to be there. So, <laughs> so like, uh, and like, what are you, what are you gonna do? Fire an unpaid intern? Yeah, How yeah. sad is your life, Nico? <laughs> but like, yeah. he's just like he's just like the he's like. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just very loud the whole day. So oh, like, oh, Nico's well, very loud. Uh, he will voice, and then like he was in like the studio A, which is like the big room, uh-huh. and we could hear him all the way from the like the lobby. It was oh just my like, gosh! Like. 
Which, if, if you're doing audio, you're not supposed to listen to music loud. Yeah. I think he was just trying to... Uh, he was using, like, the big loud. Yeah. Uh, like, it's like that the speakers that sound good, so when you have people in there, it's like, yeah, here's what they sound. Oh, wow, it sounds really yeah. good. And then, like, you mix on, like, monitors specifically made. Like, the ones I have are not, uh-huh. like, listening. They're for mixing. And so... Yeah. Which I listen to stuff on there, mainly for the purpose of, like, okay, this is what a mix is supposed to sound like. Yes. Yeah. But... Yeah, you listen to music way too loud. And so, like, the first thing you learn, one of the first things you learn is, like, do not mix loud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, a, there's so much, because uh, my, uh, my undergrad's in music education, mm-hmm. so I never got that whole studio education. Mm-hmm. It was just when I was in there playing on other people's projects. Yeah. So it's which always they, so interesting had, to me. Which, like, most studios have multiple monitors, so uh-huh. they had these humongous, I can't even remember the brand, huge ones that are just, like, built into the wall. And then they have, like, Genelec, so that's what our school had, which I think we were supposed to get big, giant ones. Yeah, I thought they were redoing a few of the studios down at Yeah, they moved it to wood. Yeah. Which, like, I like the vibe more in Hudson. Yeah. But, which no one listening Yeah, no one listening knows 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 what buildings we're talking about. the better, is going to, overall is going to be better quality of, like, recordings and, and wood, except for, like, well, Hudson, it was just like nice because it was like no one was around. You're alone. I those like late that. night sessions were awesome. I love oh, like, those. They, were so much fun. But like the late night sessions in Wood were just, uh, I don't know. They didn't they didn't feel the same. Yeah. That was the only time. And like they made like, I think they made a rule, like an unlike yeah. permanent rule that you couldn't record drums until four or something like that. What? I know. I, which I like to do. Like, and then they had. One thing was like annoying Studio yeah. B, which was like the upstairs one in Hudson that moved. It was right next to this like what was supposed. They're supposed to like a language center. And I'm trying to remember where would, Studio B was. Uh, it was like the upstairs one. Oh, it was the upstairs one, not okay. the downstairs one. Yeah, I think, and not I the one that recorded. used to be the percussion studio. So that's yes, the current percussion. Yes, that's right. That's that's where I had my percussion class was in that uh-huh. room. So which that room was nice. Like yeah, was a I like that room. And then they moved it downstairs because they wanted it to be a percussion studio because they thought they were moving to wood like very soon. That took like yes. four semesters, and then that oh, that that basement room. I hated that room. Yeah. That that was the worst room. <laughs> Alex Garnett and I recorded in there. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, it was for Cameron Porter's project. Sorry, those of you listening, you have no idea who we're talking <laughs> about. We ended up doing a version of Karma Police down there. And oh. It was, it was kind of interesting in that huge mm-hmm. room. Which it's just kind of, it's annoying to do, like, if you're going to, gonna be the one at the desk yeah it's annoying having to have headphones on like you don't like i hate it's annoying like i do it have to do it i do it when i record my own stuff out of necessity i have to do it because i mean what else am i gonna do but like when i have other people i show them into my vocal booth (laughs) yeah and i'm just like no we're not recording in the same room like if i don't have to (laughs) but uh yeah that's what really annoyed me that bouncer and like now both those studios are like it there like one room, which they have their benefits, but it's just so much easier because, like, when you have, like, the recording stuff in the mm. other room, be- like, if you're recording in another room and then, like, you're monitoring in another room, you can actually tell what it's sounding like. Exactly. When they leave the room. So, And it seems like, oh, I didn't mean to interrupt oh, you. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, well, all the, uh, all the document, the music documentaries I watch on the the best studios of all time mm-hmm. or whatever. It seems like they all, I mean, they've got the money clearly, but they've also got, uh, I guess 
kind of part of that is they've got those hundred, two hundred thousand dollar mm-hmm. soundboards. It's the it's and the, they're recording. It's the, it's the big things of studios. It's yeah, soundboard obviously yeah. the that's the big that's a big thing preamps and stuff like that and then the room that's what you're ma- that's what you should be paying for if you're gonna pay for an actual studio yeah preamps in a room wow that's the best thing if so but we're getting to a point where that's not as necessity anymore hmm. which I always say my best advice which I give a hundred times on the show yeah. always pay for the person not for the studio hmm. because good advice the person I did not know it's, these. It's, so yeah, when you come, when you go back to Kansas City, yeah. with the knowledge I'm giving you, yeah. <laughs> go yeah. into Weston and Chapman, and yeah. just be like, all right, here's some real knowledge. Yeah, go walk into Guitar Center, just like I know more than you. <laughs> <laughs> I just just came back from Nashville. I just I try to say the least amount of words possible when I go into Guitar Center. Uh-huh. Just keep my strings. head down, strings, maybe picks, Can and then just bass walk strings? out. Because I've had that bass for ten years yeah, now, yeah. and I'm not changed strings. Yeah. And I know some. So they sound a little flat, a little dead. They actually sound bad. They don't actually don't sound bad, but I know I need to change them. It's one of those like yeah, because now it's like it, it's like the only bass I have. So it's like if I'm gonna have to record on it constantly. I need to actually like it's the Mike Durnt signature. Bass. Oh, okay, I got I was in middle school when I got yeah, it. yeah. But it actually sounds it's I mean it's preci- it's still a precision bass and so yeah, it actually I sounds, like those P basses. They sound I've used really it on all nice. my recordings. Uh, pretty much every recording I've done. With a bass, I've done with that one. So yeah, yeah, so, and, and really for those uh, live sounds, especially for like more alternative music, they they get kind of a oh I don't know if I want to say like through. a tinny sound, but those Ernie Ball Stingrays. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those are nice very thing is like it very sounding. much like hits through. It's not yeah. as loud as some basses, uh-huh. but it really it does come through. Yeah, it makes up for it. Yeah, that's that's my is that the Squire or is that a Fender one? It's a Squire. Oh, it's a Squire. Which yeah. like it's weird. They're affordable with the. Bases like Squire and Fenders, like there's not too much of a difference. I, I'm cool with the Squire bases. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not as I'm not as cool with the Squire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm guitars. not as cool with the Squire guitars. They're fifty fifty. Um, I it, with guitars, it's always so. Unless it's like, like an upper end Squire, but those mm-hmm. lower end ones, I mean, they can't. I felt like I could never get them to stay in tune with my guitar students. Yeah. When I'd be, they would they would always slip. I mean, and you're a Gibson guy mainly, aren't you? Yeah, I've I've got I've actually got an Epi standard. Um, my it has uh, two Seymour Duncan pickups mm-hmm. in it that that came uh, that came custom in it. Um, but now I've got a uh, I've got a Mexican Telecaster, which I really like too. And then I've <laughs> in my in my high school days, I bought a Viper 400 um, <laughs> from ESP. Well, it was an L- ESP LTD. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it has the EMG 8185 combo in it uh, for my pickups. And those require a 9-volt because they're the mm-hmm. hot pickups, whereas my Seymour Duncans are passive. Yeah. So um, I don't know. It's just kind of interesting the the different sounds you get from from the Viper versus with hot pickups versus the, the passive yeah. pickups of the Seymour Duncan. Mm-hmm. So. But uh, I've read a lot more about, like, Gibson's dropping quality. I've heard that, too. One of my uh, guitar students who actually lives in Nashville, he's attending Belmont, former guitar students. Oh. Sorry, X. former X. ex-guitar <laughs> students. Um, he's he's just finishing up his last semester, but he was letting me know that, I guess, Gibson has just really dropped in quality, I guess, unless you're going to the custom shop. Yeah, they or... actually, there's the headquarters is, like, actually a couple blocks from. Really? Randomly, like, in my neighborhood for some reason. I might have to drop by headquarters. Yeah, um. But yeah, what one thing I like I noticed because I've been like cause I've been wanting to do more guitar builds. Yeah, which the, yeah. I guess my Squire is more of a build. Yeah, than anything, but uh, it's like the tilt in the neck. 
So oh. like when you see a fender, so look at my tailor compared yeah. to my fenders. Like you know, like the neck is tilted a little bit. Yeah. Do you need your truss rod adjusted? No, like no, or it's or just the head, that's no, the headstock. Oh, the headstock. Okay. Um, but like, so you see that one's like tilted slightly yeah. compared to the fenders. Exactly. It's because like uh, they don't have like the bridge pins or whatever or something oh, okay. like that at the top. But uh, well, like Gibson, like what they do, I think they've tilted it back too far, oh. and that's why, like, if you Google, why can't my Les Paul, and then like fill in the blank on Google, why it's like stay in tune. I love those. I like <laughs> the so, fill like, in the blanks and on Google. I think that's why because yeah. it's tilted back too far. And I think yeah, they've been dropping in quality. That's frustrating. Which I remember like emo days, like twenty two oh seven. I don't know why I say it like that. <laughs> like ten years ago, like uh-huh. everyone played a Les Paul. That was like the thing, though. So they're like heavy. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. they are so heavy. Which yeah. is funny when you like pick up my square to pick up my fender. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. the weight is just so. It's like, man, what is this made of? And, and that Viper I was telling mm-hmm. you about, nothing. It's and, and actually those. Uh, um, this is kind of a blast from the past. But did you ever play on a Parker Fly? I feel those like are, I, probably I heard did. those were the lightest guitars on the planet I, I don't know if i ever had a chance to pick one up but they sounded great live at least mm-hmm. when when you know when i was a kid um mm-hmm. watching people play on them they they i think those were the lightest guitars uh. but yeah the les paul i mean sometimes when i get done with a show i just i just have to take it off and just stretch uh. like just be in yeah. it because it's just so heavy I mean, but yeah i mean, I mean like, if it's good wood quality like. it is yeah i i like it i've got a, one of the higher end epiphones um, but yeah, I, I always really wanted the, uh, have you, have you seen the Alpine white Gibson Les Paul custom? Yeah. They're, they're gorgeous. I, mm-hmm. I, I think they've got the, the gold stock pickups and mm-hmm. I, I always really liked those. So but. yeah, from what I've been like, uh, so yeah, like what I've been telling like guitar people yeah. who like, who aren't as like geeky as I am with yeah. be like with anything Gibson now, just uh-huh. play it before you buy it. <laughs> You're going to yeah. buy a Gibson, just play it. So it's like, which I really think I like, I feel like Gibson and Fender should be like what's being used. And now like it's <laughs> now people are going away from Gibson's. So it's like weird, which is like, I'm more of a Fender fan. So yeah personally so like i'm glad people are switching to fenders but at the same time i hate fender knockoffs like i can't not a huge fan of fender knockoffs if yeah. like if it looks like a telecaster uh-huh. but it's i don't care what brand it is i don't even care yeah. if it is a good guitar yeah it looks crap you, you, not a fan it. i hate it like a lot of telecaster ripoffs a lot you know like strats like the most like mm-hmm. commonly yeah. ripped off guitar. i hate like not it has fan, to be huh? a fender yeah yeah so. I, I've seen some guys. I, I follow some some guys uh, on Instagram, mm-hmm. and some of them use some more, uh, you know, uh, boutique mm-hmm. um, boutique guitars that are going to be Strat or or Tele knockoffs. And mm-hmm. some of them sound really good. They, maybe I mean, it's like, just, they do sound good. But maybe I'm, it's I, just some of their. But I'm just like uh, recording but for, equipment. But, but for me, it's a still a no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will, I will not use a Fender knockoff. Only yeah. thing I would do is if I'm going to build a guitar, uh-huh. I'm going to get a like a warmth, like a good warmth neck, mm-hmm. like buy and then install it, which yeah. is like the closest thing I'll get to a Fender knockoff. So have you been building your own guitars um, as I of mean, late? That, or? My Squire's you, pretty much. That's right. You switched uh, to a uh, maple necks, neck stock. And then neck, when yeah. I was in 2009, I put humbuckers in. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I mean, it sounds good. Yeah. So I think uh, but now the strings are going dull. I don't think it's as... Uh, good as it used to, as it was, but I think I think it's just strings. Yeah, and you're using those new ones. Uh, um, we were gonna get your supply some, company. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna. I think the, that's a weird name, but they're out of like Omaha. So okay, I think I think we can do it. If you spend thirty dollars or more with them, they send you a fidget spinner. So. <laughs> 
I think those are the things the teachers hate right oh, now, or the fidget spinners. Yeah. People at my uh, day job have them. And, they do. Yeah, and it's. I haven't seen them in action yet. I see them all the time at the store, but I haven't seen, seen them in action like, yet. If you see kids like with them, they're like, yeah. Yeah. Be like, I wouldn't let my kids. So buy do one. you press it and it? Yeah, it's literally like you hold spins? it and it spins. Yeah. Oh, so you have to spin. Like, yeah. do you? It's, it's more for, momentum based. They were like meant on... for like kids with autism to like. Oh, okay. fo- you know, like you're in class and yeah. there's like, and then now like they're just a toy. And now everyone just <laughs> now has everyone just has them. So. Wow. That's so it's funny like that, but well, yeah, I, I've been seeing them even at, I don't know if you know the store five below it's, mm-hmm. it's the dollar store. It's uh, a dollar store equivalent where everything is $5 Oh, it, or it, at first it kind of sounds like it's going to be a, a store where you go in and buy like, is it, what is this like a, a Columbia knockoff or something? Am I buying <laughs> these like really nice jackets here? It's or, like, it's like, like a, a Russian ski. store yeah, where it's like everything's like, like, no, no, it's actually talking about the money, not the temperature. Sure. So well, I'm trying to think of but good, they've got the fidget spinners like there. Corvin Klein or something. Yeah, yeah, like Corvin Klein. Like Corvin Klein. Corvin Klein. I like that. Folex. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can always tell the Folex watches because the the uh, seconds hand isn't always it's not continuous it's actually mm-hmm. ticking instead of was it i saw was it, now we're bringing back to music but like oh yeah how to, yeah we'll bring how to, to how to spot like a fender knockoff uh-huh. <laughs> like the biggest one's like she's like just kind of like look at the glare on the fender logo and like you can tell if it's if it's been like faked pressed That's, on oh my gosh one, i've never thought about that one before. is it's a uh, so fender like yeah. People put like Fender, like Fender would not have like any strings covering up their logo, uh-huh. which is smart marketing. First that of all, is very smart and one, marketing. it actually looks better to not have it. Yeah, that, I think so. That's just two wins for them. Yeah. So like, you see people like put it like where the string is supposed to be, and you're like that. You could tell that is a fake Fender. Or, or the F's going the wrong way. I haven't seen that one, but I was just <laughs> that's, imagining. That's that. harder to find yeah. because you can buy like the decal. Yeah. And so it's like that's typically people like. They're, it's hard to get it like to. Stick on got the a hair dryer, does, which I don't know how like Fender put puts on. theirs on, but like my, I can tell mine are not, yeah, uh, ripoffs. So, yeah, especially yeah, my squire. My squire is not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my squire, a Perfect. ripoff squire. <laughs> but, but speaking of guitars, though, I think yeah. Mexico Mexican mm-hmm. fenders yeah. like are just as good as American, almost. You know, I I've got the Mexican Tele, and it plays it mm-hmm. plays nice. I actually I bought it off of Ben Wimhainer. You remember okay. him? Um, I bought it off him for like two fifty. It's a uh, Mexican Telecaster, and it plays really nice. Mm-hmm. I. I'll never be I, like if someone's I like, like it I a got lot. a Mexican yeah. store, I'm like, well, it's probably really good. <laughs> yeah, and and you know for the price, um, I think they're typically, I think they're typically um, pretty affordable, three fifty mm-hmm. to f- yeah. four hundred, five hundred dollars. So, yeah, my range, Jag so. is my Jag is a uh, is a Mexican, so yeah, it's great. It's a great guitar. So, but my Squire, it's I think the body is from. Indonesia. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The neck is from China, and I think the pickups are from Japan. It's a child of the world. I know. It's it's very oriental. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's like literally that part of the, the, yeah, the world. Yeah. yeah, it's a child. So you know, it's like it's a just, three... three uh, it's so a, wow. My goal is to get... Uh, I want to get like an American Strat. I mean... It'd be nice I'm, to have one. That's my, that's my one of my goals. Probably about eight minimum. I want to get eight. My my, well, I'll ask you the same question. My my dream guitars. I think the oh. next two I want. 
the ones that I will not like build myself. Yeah. The first one is I want a Telecaster exactly like the same kind Bruce yeah. Springsteen plays. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that the Butters? I think it's just a, I think telly. it's just a standard Telly. Is it just the standard Telly? But like I want it to look like his. Okay. <laughs> That's all. Uh, all yeah. it really is. And then just an American. So you can be the boss, right? Yeah. And then an American, just a standard American strap. Maybe I haven't decided the color. Probably yeah. white, like the cream yeah. colored. But, like, yeah, do you have a dream guitar? Yeah, you know, I was telling you that uh, I really like that um, Gibson Les Paul, the Alpine White with the— uh, Especially one that just, comes in a box. Yeah. <laughs> Brand new. <laughs> yeah, I, I really want the custom one. Um, that, if I remember right, and this was, oh, 10 years ago, it was running mm-hmm. about 2500 to mm-hmm. three, three grand. Um but uh, so so something like that. But I I would also like the those I believe they were the butterscotch uh, mm. Telecasters. Yeah. Those things just look like it was awesome. a black pickguard and, just, and yes the black pickguard with the it's kind of like a more natural. Mm-hmm. I mean they call it the butterscotch, but it, oh my gosh those those are just great. And uh-huh. uh, um, I don't know if I told you this kind of a kind of a little tangent. I bought a uh, Vox AC15 Ooh, to go with my. That's what I'm wanting to get. Yeah. That's like actually like on They're my list of things. Six hundred. Mm-hmm. So um, I bought that at the same time as I bought my Tele, mm-hmm. just because I I normally play on very hot amplifiers. Mm-hmm. I've got a fifty one fifty, um, and I know those are kind of studio staples, aren't they? To yeah. have it's so it's so weird because I've been seeing a lot of uh, studio stuff where where it's like the stuff you're going to use in the studio needs to be different from what you're going to use live because oh, of things wow. things you get because if it sounds good live like there's not no one no one cares what you're yeah. using really. Um, but like in the studio, like it actually makes more sense. Haven't but, thought uh, about it that way. But yeah, a Vox amp. That's like my own person. I actually want to use it. I'm deciding between a Vox amp and a Fender amp. I, yeah. I want both. I'll probably get, I'll probably end up getting both. Those twin reverbs sound mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. I played on one of those one summer at one of the shows, uh, Kirk Bryson and I were in and, uh, I, I do like those twin reverbs mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, they're both good amps. It's just more yeah. like which one I'm going to need right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, those Vox, um, the Vox AC30, I think, mm-hmm. is about, what is that, about 1200 I got the yeah. AC15 for I probably, about yeah, six. Yeah, I want to, so. I mean, like, I'm not worried about getting a huge stack because, like, yeah. I mean, like, they're going to sound the same. Yeah, in the studio, you don't really need it. Mm-hmm. You, it needs to be a bigger cone, but not, you don't need, like, four Yeah, of them. exactly. Or it's just, like, the crate, I just use a crate, which sounds good. It yeah, has yeah, good do sound. you like your crate? Yeah, um... Create, create such a weird because like you don't hear like people praising them. Yeah, but like you don't hear people amps. dissing them. Yeah, there's yeah. no line six. So. I, I you know I had the vintage club, I had the vintage club sixty watt I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're good. Okay, <laughs> Jonathan, we're we're gonna take a break soon though. But oh okay, yeah, finish. Sure. You can finish your. Um yeah, I had the vintage club sixty watt. Uh, oh my gosh, probably fifteen sixteen years ago, and I was able to sell it. I think it was about 10 years, uh, 10 years after I bought it, mm-hmm. I was able to sell it and I, mm-hmm. um, I got my money right back out of it cause it was mm-hmm. such a yeah. solid amp and it was, it was, a uh, just a great, just solid tube amp. Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't have asked any, anything more out of but it. Funny enough. Do you know who Rob Scallon is? Rob Scallon. He's a big YouTube guitar player. Okay. He's, I don't know if I phenomenal. know him. I, I might anyways, have to check yeah. him out. But it's funny because he's like so phenomenal and like you think he has all this great, he has his like own signature guitar from like, wow. uh, it's not Washburn, it's a uh, Chapman guitar. Oh, okay. So okay. he has like, they have, he, he has like I'm his own like eight out. string or something like that. But anyways, yeah. Some like, sugar style. Yeah. He doesn't, Tosin all he has is, maybe. he says like, yeah, I actually only own one amp and it's a crate. <laughs> like, so I think hey. we own the same, we have the same amp. Now that's a solid state, right? Yeah. That you have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you like, do you like the solid state sound or like, how do you, do you have a preference solid um, state versus tube or? 
Depends on what you're listening to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it always depends. Uh, but that one sounds good. I think I can get I can get a decent tube sound. But yeah. it's good for live gigs because well, like there's the input jacks a little messed mm-hmm. up, so I have to like kick it a little bit. To oh, yeah, to, yeah, you wiggle it. To... You have to wiggle it to. But I need to get that fixed. But besides that, we're gonna take a break, and then sure, I actually have it. some good topics we could talk about. Oh, let's do it, man. More discussion based. So stay tuned. When you look my way. Do you see what's behind these eyes? Cause it's been so long since I've worn that disguise. We scratch, we claw, tear the flesh straight off our bones. This love ain't enough to get us off the ground. So this time around, I'll take the high road home. seen like a video and an mm-hmm. article so let's talk about the article i saw yeah you know a couple of months ago i don't know if you saw it, it was like the gu- electric guitar or like the guitar in general is outdated now or something like that i think it was i want to say that but, i don't know if i saw that article but their main it was obviously not written by a guitar player i'll just sum it up yeah so no yeah. one has to read it it's basically saying the guitar is going out because music these days is not using the guitar as much huh. which is weird to me for one reason yeah and then second that uh the sales are declining, and so people, because people aren't buying guitars anymore, and people aren't stuff like that. But That's very interesting. So, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think the electric guitar is going away? Oh man, I mean, that's 
I, I didn't read the article, but I guess I was going to say from the from the context of, I mean, probably should have prepared. You're, you're, oh, you're <laughs> totally fine. No, um, I'm just thinking when I when I turn on, especially something like I, I don't really watch country music television a lot, mm-hmm. but I, I walked by the building today, and <laughs> I, I mean, country music is such a seller in yeah. the United States, and. Mm-hmm. And that's such a staple. I yeah. mean, that's the staple instrument. Of, Chris Staple. Of, yeah, the Chris, Chris Staple. Staple. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but you know, with the amount of people that uh, doing what we're doing right mm-hmm. now, I mean, you've got your own home studio. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure most of the people having their own home studio are probably going to have a guitar around it yeah. to some degree. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know if I know why sales are down. I, I did see an article, I do have to say, that said uh, Guitar Center is actually struggling or mm-hmm. has been struggling because they were closing down some stores. Mm-hmm. And I think they did open up a few new ones. But um, as far as the decline of the electric guitar, I'd say, I mean, just look at the amount of people right now mm-hmm. that I feel like are, or the amount of colleges, first yeah. off, that have guitar Now programs. offering guitar degrees. That, that are offering guitar so degrees. I remember when I first heard that, yeah. like, you can actually get a degree in guitar? Exactly. Barely, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> and then there was, uh, I, I mean, and some of them, uh, some of them do the two-year degrees. Like there's, uh, I think it's the Guitar Institute mm-hmm. out in uh, out in California yeah. where you could study under guys. Was it like uh, Paul Gilbert and stuff like mm-hmm. that? You, you'd spend Jeez, insane Paul amounts Gilbert. of money. I didn't even know he taught you. Yeah. yeah, but you'd come out and um, actually I, I went to a VIP concert with Paul mm-hmm. Gilbert at the Guitar Center out in Independence that we were yeah. talking about. But uh, but yeah, you know, as far as the decline of, of the guitar um, – I, I'm very biased, obviously, since I since I am a guitarist. Mm-hmm. But paid a good panel here to talk about. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I generally challenge people to say, or I generally challenge people. Okay, name a genre of music where you're not going to find a guitar mm-hmm. it, it used. Because like, I mean, even even in, EDM, yeah, even they yeah, use guitars. Yeah, it's it's one of those. It's such a versatile instrument, mm-hmm. and um. I don't know. I would just. I would think it would be madness to say that it's on the decline when mm-hmm. so many people. I mean, Walmart. Walmart sells, isn't it like First Act or something? <laughs> you know, wasn't it the Everyone's yeah 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 yes? Yeah. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah yeah yes. Three yes. Um, I think their guitarist was sponsored by First Act. I think that uh, First Act is not a brand I've looked into. Really. Yeah, but, but like, they sell them in Walmart. Yeah. You know, I think if I remember, Kelly Clarkson's right, like, guitar player for a while. Yeah. I guess used First. first yeah, there's all these people using First Act, and so I'm like, well, if there's a guitar called First Act, I don't know if I'd say it's on the decline. <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe just with a name mm-hmm. like that, it's. I think the big thing, if we're talking about like guitar centers closing, yeah, because online, yeah, that's online true. market, very, people very true. Don't online sales, people yeah. don't want to go out and go to a store when they you don't want to play here. it first, like you said. Yeah, I know. Um, and then second, I think uh, with. Where's my train of thought going? The guitar itself, yeah. like, well, or more guitar yeah. plays like that, they're not accounting for used. And That's that was the big criticism on the article. Very, very that, good point. Like, people are buying more secondhand, which is like, I guess you did upright bass when you were in school. So I did, yeah. Not not very well, but yeah. I, I did, yeah. But a, the big thing there, it's like, a lot of those, people don't buy as many, like, violins used as much. Yeah. Like, especially if you're going pro. Like, uh-huh. you're not buying... Uh, Violent because you want a used one that's like been around you forever. You want a Stradivarius, mm. which 
are millions upon millions of Which, dollars. Oh, I always love so funny, like uh, Joshua Bell plays on mm-hmm. those. When like when we were in school, it's like, oh man, like my instrument cost me like five thousand dollars, like as yeah. much as the car. It's like, hey, my guitar is like five hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just change some strings every six Ex- months. Exactly. And <laughs> yeah. That that wasn't that really weird when we were in school. And, I was always you know, found that weird. It's just like yeah. And then like our instrument's probably gonna make us more money. In yeah. The that, end. Yeah. And, and you know we uh, we we never have a shortage of students. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of the whole thing of, well, mm-hmm. the guitar being on the decline. I mean, if, if I ever wanted students, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I needed to venture very far to find mm-hmm. them. It's just finding time slots that mm-hmm. fit those students. That is the one thing though, like student, like people learning the guitar is, yeah. is up. Yeah. Like that's people what, that's, that's why it would be lessons so up. Exactly. That's, that's why I thought it was so that weird. That was the that biggest the, criticism on this article. The declar- that, or that the guitar is on a decline. I was like, wait mm-hmm. a second. It's, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the advantage we had yeah. in school was we had students. Whereas mm-hmm. I know, unfortunately somebody that just spent eight to $10,000 on a French horn, mm-hmm. they might be struggling to find students. Find a high school. Just yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Kids. So, and, and, and that's not to, that's mm-hmm. not a bash on, uh, for any French horn players. Except out for there. Casey Kloppick. Oh, you said for Casey Kloppick. <laughs> Casey, if you're listening, I love you, brother. Um, yeah, you know, the horn is an incredible instrument, mm-hmm. but unfortunately people aren't knocking, knocking over doors to, to get one. Mm-hmm. Be, they are very pricey and, yeah. and those instruments, you know, like guitar, the better we get, I mean, we were talking about the Gibson Les Paul custom. Mm-hmm. We're looking at maybe three grand brand yeah. new. When you get better at your instrument, if you're like a brass player or a violinist or a cellist or yeah. something, you might be looking at something close to buying what could buy a mm-hmm. decent car. That's, I mean, that's how much some of those yeah. instruments cost. But speaking of which, was it Kate? So I'm glad Casey brought this up. So yeah, if you remember Dina Menzel or Adele Dazim, depending on oh, yeah, John Travolta, right? depending on your view of John Travolta. That was such a good, uh, that was <laughs> such a good when you can enter in your name and he would like mess up your name on Facebook. I, I don't know. That but, was funny. Um, well, she was like, oh, it's like, you don't have to hit all the notes all the time. or something. like when she sings. And really? She said that. Like, I, it, I've no, I didn't. If you know, hear her live, it's not. Yeah. I think. I don't know if I heard that quote from her. That's really interesting. It's hard though. to hear. And then, well, Dr. Hartman. Yeah. Who gets mentioned on this podcast too much. Oh, do- hey, Dr. Hartman. Yeah. <laughs> he probably hi, Dr. Like, hi, Dr. Hartman. <laughs> probably just ignoring. He's one of our professors. Uh, but he well, he was like, this is wrong. You do not hit the... was like, was it uh, 70% of the time? She said you only need to hit the right note 70% of the time. Really? Which is not... Live you need or to, just in the studio or what was she live, talking? I think, live, which really? Which like, as a vocalist, which any instrument, you should try to hit 100% of the notes. Yeah. But if you're going to be realistic, you're probably going to hit, like, if you're good, 90%. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're aiming. You're aiming you're for aiming. 100, but you're yeah. probably getting 90, wow. not 70. It was like, but Casey said, yeah, with French horn players, like, when you're in, like, middle school, like, for starting out, he yeah. was just like, <laughs> if you can hit 70% of the notes, you're actually doing pretty yeah, good. Yeah, she was actually talking <laughs> so, about French horn players. So, it was like, and now that's all I imagine, just like, that's she's hilarious. actually talking to French horn players. Dude, that's hilarious. Or I horns, know. as they like to be called Yeah, horns, ho- so. horns, sorry. They made a big deal about that in our school. Yeah, they're called, they did. They're called horns now. They're called horns. 
But Dr. Maggie's gone, so... Yeah, he, he retired. <laughs> yeah. I, unfortunately, I missed his party. I felt mm-hmm. kind of bad on that. But, you know, you we were talking about hitting, uh, aiming for 100% mm-hmm. of the notes, hitting 90. Um, what was that? Uh, didn't one of the Jonas Brothers play? Did you see that guitar solo? <laughs> and then there was the guy on YouTube that figured out, like, all oh, the, the jazz samurai chords. Yes, yeah, I literally guitarist. watched that the other day. That was, was just fantastic. Like, it was like, well, he, here, I think the problem is his band. <laughs> just like, like his these, band, like, yeah. Jazz 11, major 7 Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Listeners, if you have not seen that video, you have to you have to watch the original Jonas Brother Mm -hmm. miss all the notes on the guitar solo and then Nick Jonas and then the uh, guitar samurai. What was the big thing? Like something with his monitors or something like that. It might have been. It was. It was fun. I hate it when people get so mad because I got like. When it's like in ear, if you don't know any better, like your yeah. in ears, like if they go out, you're just like, people don't understand how like yeah, bad it is when <laughs> like your in ears go out, like because yeah. you when you're on that. Well, I play it. The only time I really use it was I was playing at church for a while. Yeah, we used and, the avioms when I was so, at church. Like and, and then one time I accidentally like stepped on it. It was like the end of a song, luckily. Oh. But like I stepped on it oh. and it went out and like oh, no. you only hear like what's outside. Like you don't yeah. hear what you're playing. Like I couldn't with electric guitar because what you want to hear, you want to hear a lot. For me at least, my preference yeah. is like myself is a lot louder yes. than there's actually like out there. Yeah, that's even a, that's like a really... that's why like I like in ears for electric guitar because like the wedges they still never get them loud enough is like my preference. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too with the wedges. But like when they but like. When they're but like if you listen to in context, it sounds really good. But like yeah, when you have you don't hear yourself at all, and you're just like it's awkward. Yeah. So like when Mariah Carey, her ears fell out. I saw. And I saw that video. Like, and so everyone's like, and so I was like, oh, she's no talent. And I'm just like, her ears fell out. I would not try to hit that last Clearly, note. Mariah Carey has a lot of ability. I'm like but. yeah, and if you're questioning Mariah Carey's ability, like you need to. Yeah. Need to get out of. Well, you're obviously probably not in Nashville. You're probably you're at the Independence Guitar Center. Yeah, at the Independence Guitar Center. Yeah. <laughs> Which but, I have no they, beef they, with they, anyone they, there. I, I don't either. And maybe they would sponsor you. You know, <laughs> just, even though just the, one. Just, just the one. You know, just the one just guitar. The one. Even though I like the one, the one that like is actually like a couple miles from my from my studio, my yeah. secret studio. Yeah, from your secret studio. My, <laughs> that all my guests come to. But. Yeah. But uh, when you come here and it's more sad than you think. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I walked in and I was pleasantly surprised. I know. It's like this is probably the better room than my living room. But yeah. uh, no, I really liked uh, you put up the sound reinforcement. Mm-hmm. And you've got a nice little two, two mattresses. Yeah, two mattresses. Somehow those come up every episode. Yeah. Which uh, I don't sleep on them, but they get the job. But done. you change the sheets weekly, right? <laughs> no, I, uh, the sheets are actually just for uh, like visual. I was just which is like literally <laughs> like if I didn't have the sheets there, this would just be the ugliest thing ever. It would be the I ugliest. was just thinking like, let me get some sheets over there. And they're like, just even fitted sheets. Like, yeah, that's what I did. And it actually like looks not bad. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm liking this studio, mm-hmm. man. It's looking good. I feel like there's some vibe thing I'm missing here. Like I just know it. Like there's like, that's my big thing. A Bob Marley poster. <laughs> I know the lava lamp is missing. The lava lamp, yeah. Which I have. My there's one at my parents' house, and so I forgot to have them bring it. Yeah. Which I don't want to. And I was thinking, like, I can just go buy. Those one, things are like, cheap, yeah. Yeah, I was like, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's really like things like that. Now. I'll cheap out on. It's like yeah. I didn't one time. I needed to download like a five dollar app, and I was like, I was hesitant. I'm like, I don't want to spend five dollars. Yeah, I don't want to spend. And five. then like the same day, I spent thirty dollars on records. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I have no. It's weird how that works, like how, the like justification the between, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, was it Pet Sounds? Like, I bought Mint Condition. Like, you bought Mint Condition Pet Sounds? Yeah. Oh. Show it to you when we 
finish, but yeah. yeah. Can't wait to see that. It was a good, it was a good investment. Like it was yeah. like, it was funny. Cause like the r- record actually says can be played in mono or stereo. Yes. And now everything's yeah. in stereo. So it's funny if you're a nerd like me, you're just like, everything used to be a mono. Yeah. And exactly. then they're like, let's do two speakers. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because, uh, when I bought pet sounds on a CD, mm-hmm. the, the first, the first 12 to 13 tracks mm-hmm. are all in mono. And then it's the album again after that in stereo. Mm-hmm. So the original, uh, the original is Brian Wilson's original mix, God, which Brian is kind of cool. And so I, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a YouTube video mm-hmm. of him sitting down with Sir George Martin from mm, the Beatles yeah. and Sir George Martin, I guess I'm calling him Sir George Martin, apparently. Um, is he, he, I'm assuming he got he knighted. Is a, he, so. is a, he is Thank a you. sir. He's been knighted, um, or was knighted. He unfortunately passed away. <laughs> Not anymore. The, I think he was like in the, he was in his 90s, though, if I remember, yeah, late I mean, 80s, early 90s. But he did, um, him and Brian Wilson, just two of my, you know, just mm-hmm. as far as like musical idols go. Mm-hmm. Um, they were sitting down and Sir George Martin took Brian Wilson's mix and then he did his own mix of Brian's original mix and Brian Wilson's just sitting there. This was back in the nineties mm-hmm. if I remember right, but then they, uh, somebody mm-hmm. copped that and then put it on YouTube yeah. and Brian Wilson just sits there and shakes his head and he goes, that's a better mix than what I did back in the sixties. <laughs> and George, Sir George Martin's like, no, 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 it's not any. And Brian Wilson's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> and it's hilarious just watching these two musical geniuses mm-hmm. just I mean like the the two probably best engineers to ever live just, on this I mean, earth. just fantastic. Yeah, I am I'm a huge Brian Wilson mm-hmm. fan and you know, it's something that was kind of tough on me down at um, when we were down at Sam and I went to school together. I don't know if we I don't know <laughs> we if we we haven't we're, brought it up. We're yet. about <laughs> what it however long we are into the podcast. Uh, Sam and I went to school together, mm-hmm. but you know, something that was really interesting to me that I noticed down at um, University of Central Missouri was I felt like there was this kind of kind of this separation whenever mm-hmm. I'd talk about like Beach Boys or something. Yeah. People were like, oh, they uh, they sound like bubblegum or, you know, like mm. they're bubblegummy. And I was like, really? Like you think yeah. that? And then it was really interesting because I don't think a lot of the people from that very traditional music department, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm, this isn't a bash. I'm yeah. not trying to like talk smack. It's just, it's the state of some Mm-hmm. music departments and it was you know for for us talking about you know Sharon Bird or mm-hmm. if I could say that correctly Sharon Bird there we go <laughs> I was trying to say it too fancy and but you know we we talked about mm-hmm. um you know just how music was being pushed and and then we talked about um you know just the the uh, theory and, and and all that but but then when we talked about it in pop music, it yeah. it got shot down. And I was like, wait a second. No, look what Brian Wilson's yeah. doing I, here. I was more of like, let's all talk about pop music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I was very like big and like, we, because I was like, that was my whole thing coming in. I was like, this yeah. is what I'm doing. But I like the classical stuff, but I want to like mix exactly. it. Exactly. So I think I, so yeah, I've, that was my like legacy at UCM. Yeah. Just like let's make pop music. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's and like, you know, um, y'all check out the new Carly Rae Jepsen album. Yeah. <laughs> I think you said that once, yes. and it made me laugh. I was like, I was like what? But um, actually, she came to town. I think like last year in in Kansas City, or like she went to Lawrence. Yeah, where she was KU, in Lawrence last year. She was year. in Lawrence where KU's located, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I think some of my friends went. I would and go. I wanted, I should have went. I regret not going to that. You know, it's as much as I would make fun of someone like her, you know, like that mm-hmm. type of music. Um, when, sometimes when I see people mm-hmm. like that live, I have a new appreciation for mm-hmm. them because I realize, okay, this isn't really, this isn't really my thing. But at the same time, when you look at it, you realize there is, there is something to what she's doing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I, 
oh my gosh, I'm gonna get a lot of people on me for this. There's sometimes I defend Nickelback. I think they- I like photograph I, a lot. I, I, don't, I don't think, I don't think they're writing good music. Mm-hmm. I think they're incredible at what they do, though. Yeah. And, and, like, I think they're... I, I that's One of not the few to rock I, bands today charting. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't think they're... I, that's not... Uh, how do I clarify this? I don't think they're writing really good music. That's It's not blowing my mind or mm-hmm. anything. In fact, there's the, there's the whole thing of... Um, you know, the two songs overlapped mm-hmm. and the only thing that clashes are the lyrics. Have you heard that on, <laughs> yeah, on YouTube? It's, it. It, and it's so funny, <laughs> but you know what? I will totally give it to them that they've got the formula and they've got it down okay, and, yeah. and, and they're great at it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I really try to watch, you know, yeah, Nick, Nickelback sucks. Okay. Mm-hmm, whatever. Yeah. But you know what? That's a really easy stance to take. Mm-hmm. Every, anybody can take yeah. that stance. So it's, it is kind of interesting to pull back though. Was it how say, to write a Nickelback song? Yeah. How to write a Nickelback that, I mean, song. That, that was pretty good. But, uh, and there's one on how to write a Mumford and Sons song too, that the guy, the, the guy was, was hilarious. The yeah. I think so. I it was, stuff, it was hilarious. Like, they're old stuff. Not bad. Yeah. But I haven't listened to their new record. It's, ro- it's all rock. That's stuff. what I heard. That's I heard what I like about it. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, that is, uh, Great. But Carla Rae Jepsen, speaking of her. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she Huge is, standard. what she's doing is, uh, so Jack Antonoff, I don't know if you've heard of him. I don't know he's, if I know Jack He's uh, Bleachers. He was one of the guitar players in Fun. Oh, yes, yes, So he's yeah. a really good producer, and he's pretty much, uh, I can name off list and list of things he's done, and you'd know it. It's just like big charting stuff. But uh, he's working on Carla Rae Jepsen's new album with her, and so I'm really excited for that. Wow. So that's my... That's my thing. But that's anyways, your plug, right? That's where I'm really excited They're about. gonna invite you into the studio now. Oh no, they probably <laughs> That's where I'm probably the last person they'd ask. <laughs> but yeah, I think we're getting to a point. I just wanna like talk UCM stories. I oh, think, okay. So okay. we're gonna what do we have any good do you know any stories off the top of my hand? You know, uh so that's University of Central Missouri, mm-hmm. formerly Central Missouri State University, <laughs> located in Warrensburg, Missouri. Formerly, uh, formerly, formerly Warrensburg Normal School or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It's about 30 minutes outside the Kansas City area. 30 minutes, and this is the suburbs. Yeah, yeah, like 30 minutes outside the suburbs of, of Kansas mm-hmm. City. Um, oh. So for someone in Nashville, that's 30 minutes outside of Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, good stories. Um, I mean, there's a lot, but I guess I'm going to try to contextualize it. Um, so our, our former head of our department <laughs> <I'm>, <okay>. was, <laughs> how, oh, I mean, how much time do we have? No, uh, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so you should look up the Kaufman or the Kaufman Center of Performing Arts. If you haven't done oh, that I love yet, this. I, was um, the, I was here for this story. So, it's, I'm, it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's the the newest performing arts center we have in Kansas City. It's ranked one of the best in the world. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Played there three times. Play, Sam played so there three they, times. They have very low standards for who they have very low. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's really well done. The acoustics in there mm-hmm. are absolutely brilliant. Um, the uh, the exterior is mm-hmm. uh, is is great as well. Well, yeah. but the the head of our music department was very very into himself and thought he could do no wrong, uh, and um, he just he was kind of haughty, you know, just very into himself, and our our choir director wanted to make sure that 
um, wanted to make sure that the choir sounded really good because, you know, all the other ensembles were playing on stage. Uh-huh. And, um, and there was like a choir lot, which is like the yeah. worst part of the... Yeah, the worst part of this thing—it's like this straight line raised, and I, I was in the choir at this point. So yeah, I, I was, yeah, I'll let you finish. You could probably tell it better than I could. Uh, so we're gonna have to put in a first name here to get the story right. We're gonna have to put in the first name. We're gonna have to put in the first name. We won't give you the last name, so you, we can't officially say we're talking trash. And so it, it was just like. Our choir, the choir director, he's he's not there anymore, but he he was really good at the choir, and so he didn't want the choir to stand on like the choir loft. He wanted them to actually put on the stage, and it was not going to be a big deal, like to like because it's like they choir didn't even like use risers. Like, yeah, that was the thing. It was just like like fifty people just standing in like an arc, <laughs> so like it's not going to mess up anything, <laughs> and so. He was having like a little hissy fit, and then eventually oh, he's like, "No, yeah. it's going to ruin the whole program." No, yeah. and then and. Pretty much the like Mormon equivalent of Walter White was the choir director. <laughs> the best way to say he's just like Stephen. We can either have this here or, yeah. <laughs> or later. <laughs> yeah, and he did it in front of everyone, hundreds of people, hundreds of people. And then one of the voice professors, who he's a good teacher, but he can be kind of ridiculous. Oh and, yeah, as yeah, a, yeah, we yeah. know who. He, but like, it was funny because typically he's the bad guy in most situations, but yeah. like he's a nice guy yeah. overall. And he's just, he's just, he's just like, choir sounds good on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that line. I didn't know that there was an additional punchline. That was the only thing. That was the only thing I, I appreciate from the story. That's hilarious. After like a couple of seconds of dead silence, choir sounds, choir sounds good on the floor. Oh my gosh! This uh, the same um, the same music uh, chair that we're talking about. I was sitting in class one time, and he's like, "You know, I'm on my third marriage. I must not be doing something right." We all lost it. I mean, it, that that just said it right there. <laughs> he just said that, like, just brought it up how mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's been to several jobs and he's on his third marriage. And, well, I'm just not very good at marriage, apparently. <laughs> and he ended up taking his talents to South Beach. <laughs> and that, that actually made a lot of headlines uh, amongst our music department oh, when he yeah. did that. It's like it, um, LeBron. Was yeah, it yeah, the LeBron joke? Yeah, it was the it was the LeBron joke because like, he did it. He did it about three years after I think LeBron so it was like, did it. So. That was really good timing. too. Yeah, it was it was great. Just took his talents to South. <laughs> Which Beach. now it doesn't make sense because he's back with the Cavs. Yeah, but. no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was great at the time, but it was like when like LeBron went to Florida, like they actually missed him. That was yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> that was the joke. I like that. But the best thing about this guy, yeah. Stephen, since we uh, we've admitted it, his we, name we've is admitted. his first name is Stephen. Yeah. We never. Called him Stephen, except for except for except when, for uh, we, I think we can say Doctor Zabriskie. Yeah, we can, we can say, say because he's Doctor Zabriskie. Because Doctor Zabriskie is a good guy, and he's moving too. Actually, yeah, he got a he's moving on from UCM. Yeah, yeah, like, just moving on better. from UCM. So uh, yeah, just bigger school. So yeah, stepping stone, which is I mean, it's good if we get yeah. directors. But he he was the only person who probably ever called him by his first Stephen. Yes, <laughs> the room just Stephen with a room with too good of acoustics. Yes. It's just you could hear the pin drop. It's just like <laughs> the resonant of Stephen. Can either. <laughs> like, we were we were yeah. tear, and so he, which is funny because Caleb James, you know, yeah. he told a story. Well, he got he was like filling out his like online survey at the beginning yeah. of the choir, and Doctor Brisky's like leave, and then like oh. and he stuck around for the in class. He's like, hey, I'm 
sorry yeah. i was just doing this he's like it's okay don't worry and he's just like but did but was everyone scared yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like that's everyone's is everyone scared? You know, and, and I feel mm-hmm. like maybe this is a bad, mm-hmm. maybe this is a bad comparison, but I almost feel like um, our he he almost felt like the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He was always trying to get you but he, on something. But he's always a good guy, but, though. Yeah, or or uh, sorry, uh, sorry, our, the chair of our department. Oh, uh, that. Not I felt like he was like he was trying to like get you on something, but when it would work to your benefit, like he hated that. Uh, like it was what? just like he was trying to catch you in the act, and he just never could. And let's see, this was uh, he left end of 2013, something like so. We're that, we're yeah. talking like at least four plus years ago yeah. and so the bet and that was this was before like email apps were like oh yeah were at least yeah. like look like emails they're yeah. just like weird scroll and so like you would have to like scroll a bunch and then like in the middle of it would be like a link to his book oh oh remember that <laughs> um his his book which was read by the volleyball team and so he signed <laughs> so the entire ucm volleyball team had our chairs book called can we say it should we not name it no because that would give people that would give it, it away okay, so we don't okay. want we don't we don't want to say it we don't um, want even we just don't want him to get the let's traction. just say <laughs> even the online traction let's just say it's five words and each word is one syllable um uh God, they and are one syllable. <laughs> they're all one syllable they're all monosyllabic syllabic syllabic i'm trying to sound smart and i'm not mm-hmm. um but so he he gave it the the volleyball team decided to use his book apparently as like ways to um, learn how to how to um, be more cohesive as a team mm-hmm. and work together. And so he signed all the copies of the books and gave it to them. And what they did was they signed a volleyball for him and he kept it in his office. So he brought it out in our conducting class and had us like toss the ball around <laughs> so we could get a feel for like the light, light conducting. And, and you could just tell like he was just so into that. And um, he's so into himself. That's like, it, it, I don't think it's borderline narcissistic, you know? but, but like, I, I think if he was, he's like an eight out of 10. Yeah. You, you know, we, we almost had a spinal tap moment when, uh, when one of my buddies, um, when one of my buddies uh, found the book in the library, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I've, I've got a one-word review for the book," because he he opened it up, and um, the the chair of our department in, in all the classes I took with him, he always criticized my papers because he said I gave him too many uh, five dollar words. Apparently, <laughs> he he like wanted very short, basic, succinct. <laughs> it was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, apparently. Um, one of my buddies opened up the book and he said, I'll give you a one word review for that. I won't say the expletive that he <laughs> said, but let's just say it's a syllable or it's a, uh, it's um, a synonym for, uh, for excrement. And that was his one word <laughs> review of the book. And uh, I busted out laughing because he said the paragraphs were very short. Mm-hmm. Um, he said it was like very C spot run kind of writing so yeah, um, that uh, that always made me laugh that it was like wait you're telling us what to do was the book but the- like it's very like <laughs> elementary and basic <laughs> please tell me the one in the library was signed oh <laughs> just i never thought about <laughs> that like, what, he goes I to never, the library gets his own I, book and oh s- that would be incredible i never thought about that which i hear like things like 
bigger authors do. Like yeah. they'll go, if they like have to fly somewhere, they'll go to like the yes. airport and they'll be like, they'll sign. The they'll book. just sign one. They'll of the sign books. their own it's books cool. and be like, and then like post on like Instagram, be like, hey, I signed this book. Go. That's kind of cool. If you want it, go find it. Wow. I. I. Yeah. You know, which which I feel like if I'm like the guy running register is like it's like yeah, hey you, you wait we're gonna amp up the price on this if Stephen King signed it or like it was like if well like if someone some if you don't know books because you're working yeah. in an airport concession stand yeah yeah whatever like <laughs> you don't know books. but <laughs> like like they're working on an airport they know where their life went yeah. <laughs> like we went to we went to UCM we know where our lives went. we know where <laughs> like, very true it's so we very true it was but, a good education but like you're, you're just thinking like some random dude's writing in a book yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like no I wrote this book or there's that guy at home that just gets like Stephen King's signature down to a T mm-hmm. and he just goes and it's, just starts doing like, that I've watched I, last year when Pawn Stars was big I watched a lot of that oh it's yeah like you have to learn like so I learned like was a weird thing George Harrison did with his signature, so you can tell. Oh, and then you know when I my... went to my the studio's intern at Blackbird, yeah. like I like there's like because it's Beatles themed, yeah, it's yeah. Black, And I like looked at him like, well, well, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, I was trying to think of other UCM there's, stories. There's one. Oh, sorry. There, oh, go ahead. There's yeah. one I, I want you to tell because I've been trying to figure out like the narrative yeah. to this entire story. It's involving I don't want to say the name. He's not gonna listen anyways, but I'm not gonna say the name. He was a jazz commercial bass player oh and he did like oh. it was something around christmas yes and please tell that story yes so so dr aberg he's our the great like <laughs> who's taught me everything i need to know yeah. on, into the wrongs of com- composition arranging hailing from puget sound washington uh or from the seattle area he was our jazz professor um just absolutely brilliant uh trumpet player mm-hmm. um but he was accompanying this this Upright basis. It's like our one professor who had perfect pitch. Yeah, yeah, has perfect pitch. Um, just absolutely fantastic. Too good for UCM, like, yeah, literally. Yeah, just really good. Mm-hmm. And so well, he like, was. These are the old dudes, like, you know, like Czech, yeah, Eberg, yeah, yeah. Uh, Guy, M- Maggie. Like, yeah, um, just the, Finley. Like, they're the guys you probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you know. And, and so um, Dr. Aberg was accompanying this upright bassist on I'll Be Home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is a student recital. It's a student recital. It's the he's the very last act. It's running over because they overbooked. We're all ready to go <laughs> home on Christmas break. We are all just so mad. Like we're like, why are they running over? This is garbage. And and the problem with these student recitals, which I should preface, is that they they generally play the same tunes all the time like it because they're because they're trying to work Mm -hmm. the students up like skill levels right they're trying to scaffold uh like they're trying to you know build them up so they're getting these skills down on this especially if you're a performance major you gotta practice performing exactly so so they're still kind of getting the stuff down well we were all just done it was packed to the Mm -hmm. brim um i don't remember if there was an empty seat in the house there were so many people there and we were just because it was like people were still trying to catch up on their recital attendance and so this upright bassist was just playing out of tune the entire time and just like and then trying to solo over it um he was even uh for those of you that play bass he was trying to go into thumb position and just it was not working out well (laughs) and it was just squeaky and out of tune and everyone was just kind of like it was was pretty bad we were all just like and if you're a music tech major, you have to be there and you don't hate everything. That's exactly. <laughs> well, so he's just kind of just trudging through it. And Dr. Aberg's trying to keep a smile because he knows. Dr. Aberg just doesn't care. Yeah, he's just accompanying on piano to all be home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, and it is just, it's a train wreck. 
And we're all just like, get us out of here. Well, as soon as it's done, my good friend Eric Cooley. Okay, yeah. that's who I've been trying Eric to figure out Cooley. who that is. My, it was Eric Cooley. He was just sitting next to us, and we were all sitting at the very back, and it was just dead silent. And he goes, well, that was sh-. And then, like, <laughs> and then just said the word. And, and the entire back half of the auditorium busted out laughing because because we could hear this and it was just like it was just silent because all i heard i remember all i remember yeah. i was in a couple rows forward and i just heard a bunch of people laughing in the oh back. yeah and so i didn't know the story it until was like kind a couple of like weeks later ba- yeah it was the kind of the back half of the auditorium heard mm-hmm. it and we lost it and then like he just had the straightest face because he was serious like he, he, he was wasn't very, even kidding around i wish ty green oh yeah he, yeah, he, yeah. he tells the best stories about this guy yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think this same individual tried to uh, show Ty Green how to play chords on the um, guitar, he, and Ty like, was like, "Wait!" He has like an eight-string bass. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and Ty was like, "Wait a second, I, I mean, man, I'm a I'm a jazz player. I like I know how to play these chords. So, <laughs> but he still went and like showed him every single like shape, mm-hmm. and and Ty's yeah. like, "No, man, I I play jazz. Like you don't need to show me those." So it was. He's kinda, like, "Come over, watch this DVD." Not yeah, <laughs> something like that. Like you can't just like let me borrow. Yeah. I actually physically have to go over to your house. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, you know, it was just so many stories, and I hope mm-hmm. I, I hope this one doesn't offend you. There was uh, so so probably me playing. Something. Oh no 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 no, it wasn't you at all. Um, we well, I like to socialize in the hallway, mm-hmm. and and you know, I did all my practicing at night, you know, and but a lot of people it, thought, yeah. yeah, a lot of people thought that you shouldn't stand around and socialize, you should be practicing. I was like, okay, well, you know, yeah, I, I put in the time, I, you know, I make sure I practice. Um, but uh, so one of, one of the vocalists, uh, and, and at a very traditional music school, a lot of, a lot of the stuff you're going to be singing is going to be in Italian, German, <laughs> French, you know, all that. Well, one of the vocalists walked by and, um, and she's great. She's one of my friends, but she kind of said it in a way that kind of <laughs> just rubbed me the wrong way. And I was talking with, um, I believe it was Caleb Smith and Justin Conklin. Yeah. And we were just having a heyday. It was like people, people you always talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Just, we were talking out <laughs> and, and she was on her way outside and they were sitting in couches and I was just catching up with them. Kind of, kind of all our classes were done. And she goes, oh, shouldn't you be practicing? And I was like, oh, I'm shocked I understood what you said in English or something like that. Like, it was like, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> shocked that, that was in English. the bird I've ever heard. Yeah, I, that's what I said. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that was in English. I could under actually, I could actually understand <laughs> yeah. you. She glared at me and stormed out. And Justin and Caleb <laughs> lost it because they were like, that was hilarious. Oh. Because it was like every time I see her, you know, it's something very mm-hmm. operatic and and it's going to be like uh, Wagner or something, yeah, you know, like she's going to be really seeing like just <laughs> something, you know, just like very German or like very Italian. And and when I said that to her, she was mad because she takes opera like mm. that's she takes it very. I, I think I know who it is. Yeah, but. and she's one of my really good friends. I mean, like she would probably laugh at the story if I mm-hmm. if I told her well, now. But it was, it was funny because like the one we always practiced in. Yeah, that was the one. That's like the we're gonna talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other one was the more serious. That's where all the piano play. Because that's where all the piano rooms were. Yeah, yeah. And there was one with a Steinway. I think. I think there was one, but it was like a really like mm-hmm. kind of dilapidated. Which was Steinway. like locked already. So yeah, it was. Which I, most of them were like 
most of them came out and talked anyways. So. Yeah, I, I sometimes I would just go knock on doors hey, to the piano up? majors and be like, hey, come on out, let's this talk. Like, and they're like, well, I need to practice. I'm like, you can talk they for always a few need minutes. Like they always the piano ma- piano majors are like the best people in the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> just like not like everyone else is just like, all right. <laughs> well, in I never told you this, but what we used to do. Um, we would, it was after hours, mm-hmm. we would turn off all the lights in, um, we would turn off all the lights in, um, uh, oh my gosh, was it Ut, right? Yeah. And, and like, we would turn off all the lights and we would play hide and seek after hours. Mm. And then what we would do is buy ice cream sandwiches and we'd go chill in the professor's lounge. Oh. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, we would just, I don't know, it's just... Oh, I think I randomly had access to the professor's lounge. It was awesome, and it was wide open. So we would just go in, and we would just kick back where all the professors would chill, but they weren't there. So we were, the yeah, we just had we just had ice cream sandwiches that we were storing in their refrigerator. So we had this entire, like, music facility to play hide-and-seek in all the... Uh, and what we would do is we would... Um, we would... Uh, uh, I think unlock the doors that we had access to. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't unlock half of us. Yeah. We pretty if it, much everyone had access to yeah, any room. It's like, if it was locked, we didn't, if it like required like a professor's key or something, we didn't yeah. do that. But dude, those were some of the funnest nights, like just playing hide and seek in Ut. Like it was the best. I should have invited you to some of those. I was, I was probably not. I was probably, if it was like my last semester of taking lessons, I was like, uh, I was like, all right, 9am theory. Yeah, 9 10 a.m. practice, Whew. 11 o'clock another class, and yeah. then I had two hours break and then choir. And oh, if I yeah. need to practice more, I come back in. Man, but I did a lot. I did a lot at home, and then yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, <laughs> practicing. Yeah, we tried to do that. Me and Caleb James and a couple yeah, other people. Yeah, Caleb James, I miss that guy. He, we tried to, uh, we tried to do it like uh, the Friday when everyone left, but graduation, mm-hmm. we snuck into uh, Hendrix Hall and we like yes. climbed like the rafters of it. That was scary as. Oh. You climb? Yeah. Really? Like my first semester of college, the end of my first semester. <clears throat> so, yeah, it, it's not exciting, FYI. Yeah, the sound in there is so, so like, yeah, for, for people that don't know Hendrix Hall, it's just, it's a very kind of drab. Like, how would you explain it? Uh, it's just, like dead. But yeah, like, dead, Not the good dead. kind of dead. Yeah, yeah, not a... Like, in my sweet spot in my room, like, you want yeah. more rooms to be dead, but yeah. it, this was a bad dead. Yeah, it wasn't, <clears throat> yeah. Like, you can... It's acoustics are weird because it's like just because like you want vocal booths dead because like you're wanting to add artificial reverb later. Uh-huh. That's not a big so because you want to do that. You don't want a lot of room reverb. Uh-huh. Some a lot of recording situations, but like that room for like a live room was terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did jazz gigs there, and it was. And if we didn't have sound reinforcement, it was bad. Yeah, I I remember just the amount of concerts we saw in that hall. I was like, ah, this just doesn't. It doesn't have the sound I felt. And then like our it like recital hall was not that big. Yeah, which I wish that I wish that yeah I wish heart was a little bit bigger. And then like so, which like it heart didn't sound bad. Yeah, yeah, no, it didn't sound awful. Mm-hmm. But if it was like. Even like a trumpet, even like a drum set and a trumpet were too loud. Yeah. It's a very live room. A lot of reverberation in there. And when I played my senior recital, I actually had to do off center. Yeah, that's what I, he, think. I remember that. It was, it was really interesting. And Dr. Finley, who graded mine, uh, I remember he, uh, he put that when he was grading me. He's like, shouldn't you be a little more center stage? The thing was, Dr. Maggie and I spent, I think, about 15, 20 minutes trying to figure mm-hmm. out a sweet spot yeah. in there for, for that. So it yeah, was kind of interesting. Yeah, but yeah, that'd be a good spot. Yeah, and they, uh, whoever I think it was two sophomores recorded my senior recital, 
completely botched it. Like my whole, my senior recital in its entirety does not exist anywhere on the planet because they didn't know the tracks. They didn't know, like I did a Bach lute suite that had, uh, I did three movements from it. They didn't distinguish the movements, even though they had the, the actual, uh, um, set list or, mm-hmm. you know, the actual, like, yeah, they, they didn't do that. So it was kind of weird when I got my recording back, it sounded like I was recording in a cave and, and you couldn't really hear it. I can't remember who did it. I Dude, didn't even recognize. I'm trying to figure out what semester. <clears throat> it would have been I remember spring 2014. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Fun fact. <laughs> so you, so here, you, here, okay. here's, the, here's the problem. Here And it's probably a mix of both. But they were still recording to an old school way. It was like, oh, it was okay. like not recording to tape, but pretty much tape, but to a CD. Yeah. If that makes sense. The CD sounded awful. Like when I put it in, I was like, oh my like, gosh. Like literally really the semester bad. after they started using like what we're using to record, C- which oh is what they should have been doing a long time. And like, yeah. And like, I remember telling my old roommates and like one was criminal justice. One was uh, computer programming. Yeah. And I was just like telling about how like recording recitals. Cause I think I was having to do it. They're yeah. just like, so let me get this straight. This sounds like something anyone could do. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And like in like the quality side, so, so like all these tracks and uh, yeah, uh, but now they actually like they have to put in more work now. Yeah. But like back then it was like nothing. You're so scared. Everything was gonna be crappy. Yeah. And so yeah, you kind of lucked out there on your. It it was it was really bad. Luckily, I think my uh, my mom had uh, videotaped some of it, but really mm-hmm. like my senior recital in its entirety. Not that it was great they or pro- anything. But it just... probably had. So was it like bad, like too high gain or something <clears throat> like that? You know, some of it just was, uh, I, it sounded like, it sounded like they recorded me and I was like 200 feet away. Yeah, like it, 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 like there, it just, there almost wasn't even a mic. So like, so like cause yeah, they had the two yeah. hanging ones. And so, yeah, probably, yeah, pretty much. I don't think there was anything. It was, could, it was really bad. Do, like j- when I listened to it, I was like, oh my gosh. You could do Josh Anderson. He literally hired me to record his. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he literally re- hired me to record his uh, senior recital. So he could do, uh, so he could send it off. Hopefully yeah, he did to, that. Like, a master's. Yeah. yeah, he did that. And uh, and we actually did a, a couple studio. We did yeah. one in, like, in an in-studio session, which I think those sounded pretty good. But like he didn't have an accompanist. Really cool. He just wanted to send something off. So now he's at Western Michigan. So How about that? So FYI, <laughs> yeah. hire me to record Hey, you. Western Michigan. Uh... Oh, are, oh, sorry. I, I like, thought you were trying to get yeah, another yeah, plug Josh, from Western I'm, Michigan. I'm the reason Josh is your – he teaches <laughs> guitar. <laughs> Josh does. What? Yeah, well, like – it's like beginner guitar, but oh wow! But like, you, you know, a lot of like music ed people have to teach beginner guitar. Yeah, he has to do that at a uh, Western Michigan. You know, which just cracks me up when like music ed people have to do that. It's funny you say that because Ty Ben Wimhainer and I, mm-hmm. no matter how hard we pushed for guitar, it fell on deaf ears. Like people did not mm-hmm. want to mm-hmm. talk guitar at mm-hmm. UCM. Yeah, and, and we had a few professors that just were kind of just not for the guitar. Mm-hmm. And then it cracked me up that when I, when I student taught, mm-hmm. when I, when I did, um, or, you know, just talking with other people who were student mm-hmm. teaching or teaching, yeah. that's become a standard now mm-hmm. at, especially at like high schools. Cause people exactly. want to take guitar classes. Yeah. There it's, it's mm-hmm. starting to become a little bit more of a standard, which kind of brings us back full <laughs> circle to <laughs> the, there we go. The this time. is what we do. You know, we're talking UCM. Yeah. The death of, uh, or, you know, the, the decline of, <laughs> of the electric guitar, mm-hmm. I guess. But, but, you know, um, something, uh, something I, I do personally is, <clears throat> 
excuse me, uh, when I'm when I'm playing, I saw Tom Morello do this from Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, a lot of the stuff he does, he just sits down with him in his studio or whatever, and it's him in a nylon string guitar. Yeah, you told me this. I was yeah, going to ask you to tell And it. I just thought that was great. <laughs> and so a lot of what I do is I sit down with a nylon string. And, and not that it's um, – you want to make sure you're not compartmentalizing, <laughs> even though you're going to unintentionally do that anyway, because how I play on a nylon string clearly is going to be different yeah. than when I play on my my, okay. get, my Les Paul or my, <laughs> my Telly. But, um, but at the same time, it's more about just stripping everything else away and really developing the ear. Yeah. And that's a, that's such a huge part I've, of I do that. I do that. Yeah. I try to write electric stuff on an acoustic. Exactly. Which, exactly. I mean, I don't have a nylon, but... Yeah, yeah. No, which Josh tells me he has to play, because he's not a guitar player, so... Oh, like, yes. When you I've, start out and you're playing on a nylon, that's, like, the worst thing. Oh, yeah, and I've got these really nasty mm-hmm. nails. Like, for those of you that uh, don't... Um, that haven't watched a classical player before, mm-hmm. just look it up online. They've got really long nails yeah and that's where i was like i'm not gonna study yeah. guitar <laughs> I, got, I try to keep mine mm-hmm. so, so that yeah. way i can like hybrid pick and stuff mm-hmm. like that but but uh yeah i'm not i'm not good at, i can if i like if you gave me like a line that was supposed to be finger picked like yeah. you give me the sheet music yeah i could pick it better than i could finger pick it like i could like oh, i could yeah. literally like, even if it was like more complex i could do it with like yeah. a pick i think it's just doing jazz i think that's the yeah you're you're just more pick which one i combine finger like, I, like oh yeah 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 that's what I mean. It's just easier. It's because it's softer because they're always like, guitar's too loud. Oh, <laughs> Every time yeah. you play. It's like, that's why like, I haven't played jazz in like over a year. And I'm like, I miss, I like combo stuff, but I don't miss like, <laughs> some parts I miss, some parts I don't. Yeah. You know, the, uh, I really wish I would have taken um, the combo with Mr. Isaac because uh, mm-hmm. Kirk Bryson and I took it with a, another professor who ended up only being there for a semester, if that tells you anything. If, uh, was he like a music tech professor? I believe so. Okay, Just had re- freshly uh, received his doctorate. <laughs> he, he didn't even reach the, okay, I remember. I know who Yeah, so he, he was there about a semester. So I wish I would have taken it with he Mr. Walked Isaac. In the, I was working in the studio once, and he's just like, what you doing? <laughs> he's like, like, turn around, he's there. That's like, what's that, uh, that line from Dumb and Dumber? Why are you going to the airport? Flying somewhere? You're like, what? Like, do you remember that? It's like, yeah. it's the whole thing of why are you asking that question? Like, oh, clearly. It was like, it was like patching cables or something, something like not even like good. Like, and so he, what like, are you doing? Well, I'm like, in a I, studio. I, I, even, I was, it was probably like a project or something like that. It was like, yeah, nothing important. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like literally just like patching cables, like putting them into a patch bear or something like that. Like, What'd you do? That's hilarious. <laughs> this creepy, this creepy professor. But I'm that's, to, that's a, a think, very good word. I think word. you've summed up my, you finally figured out who the the base pl- that bass player story i finally have it i'm glad i got it recorded so now i can like, oh you got the bass player <laughs> story like, recorded I remember, yeah because i remember yeah. the story i couldn't remember who yeah. was involved with it so i'm just i'm so happy now like i don't have a recorded uh version of the, yeah, the actual yeah. story oh man yeah, there's there. I mean, there's so many stories. So if we ever do a, like a follow up, we'll have to. Maybe we can write out. <laughs> we get we just like more planet. <laughs> yeah, just, just like, oh yeah, yeah. No, trying to was, figure out. Well, we have a we could, we could probably because we're probably better in so someone. Yeah, we probably better in. So, like, but there there was a certain uh, jazz musician because we did jazz together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a big band one semester. For some reason we had two guitar players and a, and a oh. and uh there oh. was a jazz musician which I we're not going to say his name. He's uh he's big in New York. We'll say that. He's big he's a big jazz musician in New York. Probably why I don't do jazz for a living. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's great at what he does. Mm-hmm. He's he's absolutely He's very he's very cuz I've 
we had it where like if you went to a music conservatory, the teachers yeah. were like him. Yeah. But like where we went to school, we had people who went to conservatories, yeah. and they were just like, "Yeah, we're gonna take a different approach." And that's what they all and did. And we're in the Midwest too, mm-hmm. so, so everyone's a little. So you like, know, if you and KC was gonna, it would have been a different. They're just gonna be like, where they expect a little bit more of you. Where he, our school, they expect a lot. Depends on who we were. Like they expected us. They yeah. really pushed us if we needed to be pushed. Exactly. Like Doctor Honor and telling me I always sucked. <laughs> the, <laughs> the other people like literally did things that suck, and he was like, "All right, that's okay." <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Thanks, Doctor Hunter. Maybe maybe he saw a little more in you. Yeah, hopefully. Or he just <laughs> he just expected. Are you wearing a Beyonce shirt, oh, by the yeah. way, with two baseball bats? I yeah. didn't mean to like it's, sidetrack oh, us. It's good, yeah. So I saw this what my friend bought this. It's like a metal shirt, but it says Beyonce. And I so I like it. to not tell people it's a Beyonce shirt. I, it and just it, took me a second. I always, just assumed it was a metal shirt. They always and, figure out it's Beyonce. That's hilarious. It's Beyonce? Yeah, it's the best shirt I own. It's good. I like it. I saw that. one, it was like it's like the Save by the Bell font, but it's yeah. a slayer. <laughs> that's so good. So I, I might, might have to look that up. I might get that. I think that's on my list. Yeah. But it's it's <laughs> But anyways, yeah. Oh, sorry. Back to the story. What was it? He told our bass player, Chase, it was like, I think you're taking it from like an eight to a four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, are you happy all the time or are you just an idiot? And you could hear the audible gasp of 20 people in the jazz band go, (gasps) Chase, Chase is just like, I think I'm just an idiot. Yeah, he said that. And like, we all just went, (gasps) And then, and then Dr. Aberg, being as nice as he is, just kind of smiled and like uncomfortably and looked at Chase and then looked at the clinician and then looked back at Chase. <laughs> and, and, then, and then the clinician was like, maybe you're just a really nice guy because he realized like we didn't know how to take that. Like we're from the Midwest. Yeah, man. We're, like, we're not. We're not very like. We're not conservative. It was yeah, not a conservatory. Yeah, so we're, it's we're like, just like, hey, you know, um, that's we're just D2. not. A, yeah, yeah, we're D2. That's just not a nice thing. Or were we D3 or are no, we we're D2. D2? We're D2. Okay. D2 on the cusp of being D1. But cusp of being According D1. to my dad who does, he's Truman. He's the track yeah. at Truman. Wow. But he says that like, yeah, if we move to D1, our sports teams are going to really suck. Oh. Oh, yeah. So, like, oh, yeah. so that's the big problem. And so, like, if, like, we say we, like, we still go there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, I do. I'm getting my master's Oh, there yeah, right now. you are. I totally it, forgot. It's in educational technology, all okay. online. How about that? Nice. Yeah. So totally, but I guess you can say we. My no, alma, we can say we. Yeah. My alma. I still but, say my alma mater, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, yeah, like, half the funding for sports comes from, like, winning. <laughs> wow. So, or it's like. So, like, they made huge budget cuts at the school. And oh, so, yeah. like, but the football team got new turf. So, a lot of people, because they put down the performing yes. arts series, which I'm, yeah, which is like, I think it's bad, but I'm kind of okay with it because they didn't pay me for like two gigs. Yeah. But any, <laughs> anyways, yeah. besides the bat, but then someone, I saw someone post, you probably know who I'm talking about. It was like, does like the budget cuts include like the new turf for the football field? And then like I saw like a string of comments. No, actually the football team raised it all themselves. Just like oh. because you know they're because okay. they're smart because they because the football team makes money and so like they yeah. can make all that money like they got for the turf like they actually made themselves. Where like wow. performing art series, if they're not they don't pay anyone. They just like keep it's the money tough. to them. Or, tough. Yeah. They don't especially don't pay like their guitar player <laughs> that who's playing for this gig. That's. So I mean, it was like that's what they get for not paying me. <laughs> it's that's a that's a really tough situation, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially, um, I, I work for a college, and it's yeah. it's. T- I mean, the budget cuts we've had to deal with are 
are pretty crazy, but yeah. the clinician. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back Sorry. to the clinician. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it was so funny when, uh, when everyone was taking solos, like everyone kind of, whatever chart it was, everyone <laughs> took solos and he goes, I think you all are at about an elementary level as far as your improvisational technique. And we just looked at each other or, you know, everyone just like looked at each other and it was just dead. I, I will be honest. Our, our, uh, horns are the, the winds oh, area. Yeah. Our, our rhythm section was pretty good. I think yeah, we, just, yeah. we just, we were just oh, solid. That one guy on the drums, that guy was, he didn't, I don't even think he read music. No, you know, I, <laughs> I don't think I he like read music. music. <laughs> just, and he just, he was he really good. So much natural ability. He like, and he just <laughs> pretended. And so like Aberg would point to something like a hit. Yeah, and he'd be like, oh what, yeah. That's what you do. And, <laughs> and then he just like, he must, I don't think he knew how to read it, but he just kind of intuitively knew, oh, that's going to be a hit there. And mm-hmm. it just, whoa, how do you do that? And then he'd sit down on piano. He's like, this is a song I wrote last night. Just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do all this, uh, man? What was uh, what was the uh, this clinician? Yeah, because this drummer was left-handed. That's right. So and he could tell. He's like, "You're left-handed, aren't you?" Well, like he played left-handed. Oh, he did. So, That's like, yeah, right. He like uh, rode with his uh, left hand and then That's like hit right. the snare with his right, which is the opposite of what you do. For those of you who don't know how to play drums, but yeah, yeah. but like he got mad because he was it. I don't know. It was something like with the symbols. Like he just, it would just annoy him how he hit it. Or yeah, something. he's like, I don't, I don't like that. Uh, you need what, to switch it was hands. Like position of where, yeah, the symbol was. It was just like, which makes no sense. It's like if yeah. he's left-handed and like he's still playing like the kid. Yeah. If he closed he had, his eyes, he wouldn't be able to. He just had because jazz is a lot of ride. He just had a, like a yeah. ride That's on right. the left. That was the only weird thing with how he had his kit. Like yeah. everything else was normal spot and so like he just got annoyed with like how he had it set up which is just like so like the most minute things you know which it's like i don't know it's like if you're holding a saxophone wrong well he got mad at the saxophones because like oh yeah they had him to the side or yes and so he's like i've heard a lot of stories with this clinician about some of my friends that have taken private lessons with him wait wait if you're taking private lessons and how they hold the saxophone you need to you need to you you know what's coming in, but with like big like a class like that's like, <laughs> yeah he, uh, yeah the fact that he told our bassist or asked him <laughs> if he was happy or stupid, <laughs> well, he's that's, a little mix of both to be honest. But that's how you know, I guess you know they're but not from like, the Midwest. But yeah. oh, you can tell he's from like East Coast. Yeah. Well, I've learned now that I lived here and like everyone's from somewhere else. That's oh, just Nashville. Okay. That's how like LA feels too. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm in LA, yeah. like people. Are it's it's like kind that. of the same situation. Like if someone doesn't have a sense of humor, they're from yeah. the East Coast. Like, because oh. <laughs> I worked at Target when I first moved here. Yeah. And I made like this joke. Uh, like someone bought like, I would just like practice because I would. I was getting yeah. ready to start this podcast, so I was like, I'm going to practice talking to people. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. That's take advantage idea. of the time I'm there. Yeah. And so like someone bought. Uh, a bunch of like plates and silverware and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And so you had to wrap all of it individually, yeah. which was annoying. And so I just, I just started making jokes. It's like, I oh, see so you're getting like the plain white, uh, <laughs> silverware. It's like a uh, good old, uh, secular, like <laughs> secular <laughs> plates. And then like, I was with another coworker helping me to wrap all these plates. She's like dying laughing. I just like kept going secular on a roll. She's like, yeah, I hate those religious plates, you know? It's just like, I was just, like, Oh, going. that's right. Cause you and I used to talk about white Jesus. Oh, white. and I don't know if we should bring that up on the podcast. No, we can bring but... up white Jesus. Um, yeah, it's just, that's just an interesting, uh, 
the whole concept. If you find a VHS with a white Jesus, you buy it. Yeah, it's 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 just <laughs> it's, like it's I'm pretty lot. sure he did not look like that. But <laughs> he's like the most Middle Eastern person. I, I, probably, I, he's probably like the stereotypical like. <laughs> oh, did you see the one where it was the uh, it went viral? But it was the grandma that had. Uh, it had uh, Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi, but he looked like Jesus. <laughs> and it said, "Keep calm and uh, keep calm and uh, keep trusting Jesus," or whatever. And then, like, so somebody took a picture of it and was like, "This is what my grandma has on her fireplace." I have... And I had to let her know that that's actually Obi Wan Kenobi and not Jesus. Oh, this is an actual friend, or oh, just a meme. yeah. It was just yeah. If you just type in uh, Obi Wan Kenobi Jesus, it'll come up on your phone. Okay, I think. Well, every year I post a. Uh... Uh, something for Christmas, just about how, like Jesus was white or something like oh, that. something yeah. dumb like that. I didn't post it. I didn't post it. I thought I posted something. It's just such an interesting, uh, you know, because when you when you go into uh, like a Christian bookstore or yeah, something, it's just like, and it's Jesus, Jesus like helping a guy hit a baseball, <laughs> and you're like, hey, I'm not like I'm not trying to be offensive or like it's okay, but it's mean. just it's just kind of like. Okay, white Jesus is standing behind you right now, so and his hands are on the bat too. This I mean, is a little weird. He's just ghosting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just <laughs> ghosting. Yeah, it's it's but, so weird, but anyway. a kind of a weird tangent, I guess. But so uh, okay, I guess we'll end the episode here. Yeah. We have a longer episode, so for some of the bigger fans, yeah, for the bigger fans, if, hey. especially if you went to UCM, you can have a little more fun. Yeah, yeah. Lesson. But uh, you teach guitar lessons still? You know, I I um I kind of gave it up for a bit. Uh, I've been thinking about getting back into it, but mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to do um, nine hours here mm-hmm. in uh, in grad school, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is I think it's full a lot time. for grad school. Um, so not hoping for to music major. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for a music major. Not not by any means, but for grad school mm-hmm. and then doing a full time job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I haven't been, but um, but I'd really like to look back into yeah. doing it and. One thing I've been kind of debating, and um, this might be a topic mm-hmm. for another episode mm-hmm. if you have uh, if you have some other people on, but like um, if you are giving lessons, do you use a contract or don't you? Because I mm-hmm. a lot of people that yeah. we knew did use contracts so they could they could hold the parent. I think it was more for the parents mm-hmm. that were dropping young kids off, um, but or do you not do you not have a contract I mean, I took, and make when, it loose? I, I mean. We'll take a short tangent, but yeah. when I took guitar lessons as a kid, Mike Tripp, my teacher, probably yeah. up in Kirksville, he just more like just show up for just kind of t- word of mouth, show yeah. up for a half hour, ten hours, yeah. and I'll help you with whatever whatever yeah. you need to work. And on. And that's generally what I uh, what I would do. Which, I, oh, go ahead. I apologize. Which when uh, I think when I did vocal lessons with I think Weiwei was my combination. We had yeah. signed a contract, which made more sense. But I don't know. It's more uh, your seriousness. Yeah, that's a so. that's a really um, you know if that was my. If that was my only means of income, I'd probably do a contract. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of an interesting. Yeah, more of like if you miss a week without like a twenty four hour notice, something like that. There you go. That's the only stuff like that. Only thing I would change would be like, hey, just give me something like that. Yeah, and and make up lessons. I made like, like gave lessons for a short amount of time in my, yeah. my day. Not here, but yeah, it's probably overcrowded with music teachers here. Yeah, you know, and we were talking again, I guess coming back to that one last time back to the uh the decline of the guitar. Um I mean, I've I've never struggled to get guitar students. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of why that's mm-hmm. that was a little weird, I guess, hearing that. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I mean, we just we don't really I feel like there's not a shortage of yeah. students for that. But. I feel like yeah, if I'm going to move back to like the Midwest, Kansas City probably. Yeah. It would be I'm probably I don't know at this moment, but yeah, yeah. I'd probably, I'd probably give lessons yeah. to studio and then. Yeah. 
You know, maybe in Nashville, it's um, I'm sure there's a saturated market of really good mm-hmm. guitar teachers. So I'm sure yeah, that, would be, like, that would be here pretty it's tough. Like, no. <laughs> but here it would be really tough. But um, a place like Kansas City or mm-hmm. something. But It's more like, yeah, Here, here's the weird thing. It's like, it's harder, but the payout's yeah. better. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. whereas like in Kansas City, it's like, uh, you could probably, you could probably like your demand would probably be a little bit higher. Yeah. But the quality is a little bit That's lower. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. So it's like something like that. It's like if you can make it, it's like would you rather make it in like in Kansas City or would you rather make it in Nashville? It's like yeah. Nashville's probably going to be better, but eh. So you think, well, we'll sign off. So if you're in ever in Kansas City and yeah. looking for a guitar player, find Jonathan. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks for the plug. And yeah. hey, it's been a lot of fun. And he'll and if you need a bass player, he knows Kirk Bryson. So I know Kirk Bryson. The, very the well. was it the older dudes at UCM? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were the older dudes. <laughs> you and we Kirk, were. So, yeah. We were the older dudes. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we added wisdom. I'm not sure, but I know Kirk, Kirk has wisdom. Kirk's I don't know if I do. Speaking of Kirk, if he's listened to this far, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, every time, far. every time you ever have to see him audition for anything, like, he just nails it complete, perfectly, completely, like yeah, hundred percent, like on point comes back, man, I did terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyways, we're going to end it there. So yeah. thank you all for Thanks. listening. Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, check out more shows at wafflebuttmedia.com. And like always stay awesome. Casting.